Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday the 23rd of September 2017. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. We've got so much to talk about. And Robert Kemp. But first, do the Norwegians actually roll their R's? Was that a mistake? I don't know. I talked to Finnish and Swedish and we don't have any Norwegians. <laughs> we don't have any Norwegians. <laughs> Do they roll know. their R's? Uh, not that I've noticed. Okay. So, so it's probably not Froya. <laughs> no, probably not. It's funny how that's a, like a, an accent thing or, or, or a language thing. Like Spanish people roll their R's, right? Is that right? Uh, I think trying so, yeah. To, trying to work it out. Or maybe that's just, like I've got, uh, there's someone I work with is a Catalan. Um, no, I guess he speaks, but he he his name's Ferran, but he, you have to roll it. But no, nobody does. So it's like Ferran. It's quite hard. To, it's quite hard to say <laughs> properly. Ferran. What about those guys that have a name that's like Guerrera or something? Guerrera. Guerrera. Oh God. Guerrera. It's the second one I struggle with. Guerrera. Doing it twice is hardcore. Yeah. Guerrera. Surely, maybe you only roll the first one. I don't know. But we, there was this, another colleague who joined. Like, there's only two Android devs on the team. One is Fran. <laughs> Damn it. Fran. And his. And a junior dev joined him called Fernando. And Fernando is the Spanish version of. Fernando. Fran. So it's actually the same name. So there's. Yeah. Fran and Fernando. Because Fran's name is Catalan, not Spanish. Or, Wait, they so have... they're spelt the same, but they're pronounced totally different. No, 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 no. They're not spelt the same, but I'm saying they're the same in the same the way same that day. John and oh, Jack is the same, yeah. Got you. Whatever. John or Roberto or something. <laughs> Probably. Hey, Roberto! <laughs> I imagine that's the version of your name. Yeah, I think so. In, but, like, in, same, in French, it's the same. Obviously. Robert. Robert, yeah. You can't roll the R in your name, though, can you? Robert. <laughs> That's what? insane. Robert. No, I, think, I think you would, wouldn't you? Like, with, with the yeah, French. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know if French roll everything either. I think no, they, they don't. They definitely don't. I don't know if they roll anything, do they? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts, no, maybe starts not. to sound weird. I think there are certain, there might be certain things. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not French. So you think it was a Norwegian uh, ship that you were trying to say? Yeah, it, <laughs> well, it was a Norwegian. It ship. was because we were trying to look up what the thing at the front of it was because it wasn't like an HMS or a USS or something obvious. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like well, I can't remember what it was. It's not in front of me now. HMS yeah, or something. Like, Hanos. Right. Han or Hasnos. Something like that. Something. Something long, because like, it has like "no" in it for Norwegian, obviously. Mm. Obviously, let me go. How did that start? That whole like weird initials in front of ships. Like, you don't need that to like. I don't know where they're from. Well, I, I guess that's useful nowadays, but like in it was they used that back in the Age of Sail and stuff, right? HMS Victory and stuff. But I don't think the French ships had equivalent at the time in the Napoleonic well, probably Wars. Probably just because the, because the Royal Navy wanted to be like fancy about it. Super fancy, yeah. <laughs> they probably maybe. wanted to be like, this is definitely a Royal Navy ship, pictures. Look at our cool ships. Yeah, I th- <laughs> yeah, but then at some point, uh, it you know. USS, like the Americans copied it for some reason. Well, like, 
Her Majesty's ship actually <laughs> makes sense, like like as a sentence, like Her Majesty's ship victory or something. But United States ship something, like isn't like a I mean, sentence in the same way. About as close as you're going to get. Is Not it? like it's the president ship. Is it, is no. it like when is it because like when we started sharing assets and designs and models that you know you couldn't just look at a ship and be like, oh, that's an American. Like they had to put a prefix on it to be like. So you can sort of look at it from afar and be like, that's an American one. I don't know if they were ever a... that closely designed at any point, really. But aren't they now? Don't we, like... Not even really that close nowadays. What, how do you mean, like... Um, do As we in, have... you know, when we, when we build battleships or something like that, or yeah. ships of importance, don't they just follow the same template, like, everywhere now? No, I think they are different for almost mm. everyone. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the Japanese have some American-style ones, I think, but even they're, they're modified. Uh, and then there are some joint ones, I think, in like NATO Europe and stuff. But I think all the British ones are just British. I don't mm. think we share any ship designs with anyone. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah. Because that, that must have happened with planes, right? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit weird that they don't do that with ships. I guess they're so big and so and the requirements are like specialized or something. But you you'd think they wouldn't be that specialized. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. I wonder if like, well, maybe it's like from the outside, the boats aren't that dissimilar from each other. Really, like, so being able to tell the intricacies of those sorts of ships is just hard. Hmm. For. Layman, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Unless, so. unless you're like the spotter on the boat and you can tell, and it's like, oh, it's a just something thing. It's probably really hard to tell unless you're pretty close in general <laughs> with ships. You, roughly, you could see how big it is, but I don't know. Well, I mean, danger, that, danger. That there's the a boat and shizer to the port. That is always <laughs> the classic. What's that? The naval combat, isn't it? Like in, the, in World War Two, where they're like, you try and determine what ship it is just from the shape of it from miles away before it can actually shoot you. Ideally. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> like dazzle camos a thing. Yeah. And if it's big, it could probably shoot you first. <laughs> yeah. Which is annoying. Yeah, because radar's all well and good, but like, there's a horizon. Like, you're both on the sea. Like, you, you're not going to be able to see that far, no matter how good your radar is. Unless well, you... there's no chance of stealth unless you're a submarine. <laughs> no, exactly. As soon as you can see them, you can see them. Unless it's foggy. Let me put up a giant mirror. <laughs> well, that'd be great. Not, not <laughs> yeah, even, like Dazzle Camo, it's just one side of the boat is just a giant mirror. <laughs> yeah. Point that side towards the enemy and then they can't see you because it just reflects more sea. <laughs> <laughs> Like dazzle camo isn't even meant to hide you, is it? It's just meant to like throw off your make gunnery targeting. See what it yeah. looks like. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, I thought it was meant to make it difficult to do ranging before they had computers and radar well, ranging. Sort of, sort of both, I guess. Yeah. Being able to see what shape it is sort of lets you range it by knowing mm. how big parts of ships are. I guess. Mm. I guess naval warfare just became a bit of a. Is, that, is it really that viable a strategy anymore? Well, no, like, that's what no, they is. <laughs> yeah, there haven't been any naval battles for a, a, a while. It's aircraft carriers and cruise missiles. That's pretty much it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, or I guess... lasers, maybe. We're getting to the point where it might be lasers soon. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, rail guns. They seem to be aircraft. working on that. There was a video this yeah. week of they've, they've, the US Navy's 
tested a railgun for the first time that can shoot more than one shot in a row. Right. Wasn't that the thing that like the lasers are powerful enough that and the tracking is good enough that they could just focus on an aircraft or a missile yeah. and like burn through Most a bit of it? Yeah. I, I don't think that's going that well that that I've heard, that laser business. I think they've I don't think I thought they'd any... successfully managed well, to take down missiles with it. They have, but it's the same situation as like well, it's not the same situation, but it's the same f- problem with railguns. It's like, yes, you can theoretically fire a shot of a railgun, but then it's fucked. And like with lasers, it's like they work, providing you're in like ideal conditions, which is very rare at sea. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as there's any moisture in the air, it fucks it all up, or if there's clouds. Mm. Well, railguns are cool for naval gunnery because you don't need like a charges. So you all you need is power, right? So you just use, yeah. if you have so you a nuclear run reactor. Off the reactor and yeah. the boat anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you so only need to. What do they actually fire then? Oh, the shells, them. normal shells, I think. Well, not oh, normal, right. but they fire shells yeah. like a gun, but they don't need a charge. So yeah. you don't need to pack your boat full of explosives and you don't need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, got you. So they're not, they're not super dangerous to hit. Mm. Yeah. They probably would still catch on fire pretty good if you shot them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would. Because it's, it's like, it's not gunpowder, it's not explosive, it's, but it's a whole shit ton of electronics and coiled wires and shit that probably <laughs> catches on fire quite well. I guess you don't want to accidentally hit something that turns it on. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a bad way. Like, it's just going to keep heating stuff up but not actually fire it. Like, is that possible? How do railguns work? I don't know, magnets? <laughs> Fucking magnets, how do they work? <laughs> it's a bunch of capacitors, isn't it? So right. Probably, you might have to worry about those catching fire because that's probably not good. I bet they explode pretty good. The number you'd need, probably. Throwing lots of that yellow hair into the air. That's how they make capacitors still, right? Yeah, totally. That smell and that yellow hair—that's <laughs> what they're made of. That's what they—they like, um, you know, recover the. Clippings from uh, from hairdressers of blonde people yeah, of and use those to make capacitors. Yeah. The Germans are onto something with all their Aryan nonsense. We're building a community of capacitors. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't even capacitors. have to pay for haircuts because they just use my... <laughs> they just take your capacitors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were planning the Matrix all along. Exactly. Right, we better get on to some video games because we've got a lot to get on about, I apparently. To, I want to very quickly put in my random bit. Get to the toaster update. Yeah, toaster update. <laughs> new toaster sucks. It's real bad. <laughs> I can't well, believe then. they bought such a bad new toaster. How is that even possible? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, how can there be a toaster on the market that you can buy and it's new and it's this bad? <laughs> so what, what is it? All right, let's just shame this toaster. It's, it's not Russell Hobbs. It's the other one. It's... What, Morphe Richards? No, wait, no, wait. it is Russell Hobbs. It's not, it's not Morphe Richards. That's right. Okay, yeah. It's the other one of the two classic brands. I was about to say, because ours is fine. But yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like, it, the first problem is that the bread barely fits in the slot. And admittedly, that's me cutting slices of bread, so maybe I'm not doing it as thin as normal people would. Oh, okay, right. Well, you're, you're cutting up <laughs> I cut fairly thin slices. Mm. Reasonably thin. Like off a loaf, so it's not like it's a not... julep with like a giant gap for like super thick cut. No, so it's like, and then maybe that fact that the bread barely fits in there leads to problem too, which is that it toasts incredibly unevenly. Like the bottom mm. edge gets burnt, and the top edge barely gets cooked. Right, and it's badly designed in general because like it has a knob for changing the heat, and you can it like 
It's got a tiny grey dot on the knob to tell you where it's pointing and like a ridge that you can feel, which you can barely see. And like the numbers are on the dial are, mar- are like not even barely marked. It's like two and five and there's no markings apart from that. It's like, I have no idea where this knob is pointing. How weird. And it sucks. On the, the only good thing about it is that because it's new, it toasts fast, right. <laughs> relatively speaking, compared to the old one. So could you put it on a little bit of time and then rotate your toast to get an even toast? <laughs> You could if you wanted to go that, that would way. be a lot of effort, yeah. Yeah. Considering it's meant to be a convenience item. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to toast it in the oven like you used to. It, like, I'd say the toast doesn't fit in there, like, thickness-wise, but it, like, barely even fits in there, like, vertically. Like, if I'm, I put in the slices laying down sideways because our bread is usually taller than it is wide because it's, like, proper loaf. Hmm. But it barely, when you pull it down, it barely fits in... Like horizontal, the horizontal width of the bread is almost too tall for them to fit in the slot of the toaster no, right. as well. And I'm like, how, what is this toaster? <laughs> what toaster is this designed for? Does it fit regular ass sliced bread? Like, if you got like boring bread? Well, maybe. Depends on what you define as sliced bread. Because that was something that I or, I remembered about. This is like an incredibly old memory that is just <laughs> stuck with me for no apparent reason. Like when I went to Germany for the German exchange in like fucking year nine of school, or whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and you know, I think this is actually a fairly common thing in Europe. But when, or it was at the time, maybe who knows? But like when they have toast, they have specific bread for toast that's only for toasting. Right. Yeah. No, I have heard this. <laughs> and it's like maybe that's maybe this toaster is just designed for that because it was really small as well, is what mm. I remember. Yeah. It's like it's a small and much more square shape. Yeah, because the French do this as well. I'm sure when I've been in France, I'm sure I've had like that there was bread, like a breakfast platter at a hotel, and there was clearly like this is the toast bread because it's near the toast machine. Yeah, and the other bread is like miles away. Yeah, mm. it's just like I don't understand how this toast was so bad. <laughs> God damn it! My breakfast is even more inconvenient than the <laughs> shitty kettle that we still haven't got rid of. <laughs> and your um, your can't you just get a like. I'm sure you could get a toaster kettle set that were both like <laughs> freaking awesome, but, you know, and it wouldn't be that. I don't know. I, you can get super fancy with that stuff, but you don't need to, do you? No. I mean, there have been. As, as I say, we're at the sort of, you know, I think our stuff is that borderline. That like, it's the it's, it's, it's yeah, it's as far yeah, as you mid-tier. can go before you start hitting stupid money for a toaster. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you want to be. Several times where I've considered just being like, "fuck it," and just buying a kettle and toaster for myself and putting them in my bedroom. So that's maybe a bit much because also I'd have to actually bring the bread. You don't want a toaster (laughs) in your bedroom. That would be weird. Maybe the kettle. You could get a travel kettle or something. Yeah, but then that would actually be as good, good probably. And also, I still have to bring the tea upstairs Hmm. and the milk and all the other stuff. Oh yeah, you need. not actually convenient at all. You'd basically so, just no. be turning your, your room into a little hotel room. Yeah, you'd have to have everything in there. Like a little mini fridge or something. It's <laughs> not a fridge. Well, well, okay, milk. Unless, unless you start buying like shipments of little milk cartons. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, you'd need one of those little, what they call those little beer fridges with, mm. the, with the glass doors. Or if you wanted to do it on a daily basis, maybe you could just like thermos it. <laughs> Keep the milk in the fridge during the night, and then have, oh, yeah, have yeah. it in a thermos so it stays cold long enough. Not that you need cold milk for tea necessarily. Just like I don't know. Next time something like an appliance goes wrong in your house, just buy one yourself. 
Just be like, like I've ordered one off Amazon. Yeah, that is very tempting. <laughs> like, I know, I know, what I'm doing, guys. Like, well, I don't I got, know I got, what I'm doing. That's the thing. It's just like I, but I don't understand how these terrible decisions could have possibly happened. I don't understand. Why, why don't you? Really quite simple. You just go to Debenhams, look at it, and go, "Yep, that's a toaster." And then well, you that's the classic problem with anything like this is like you're buying it without being able to test it. Really, I guess. Yeah. I was thinking I'm, about I'm how sure I, if I you bought new... one that that you would get a good one off, straight off the bat. With no testing you required, hope. I guarantee. Well, all, you, all you need is yeah, you, a little bit. Like if you if you're really going to research a toaster, I bet there's a yeah. like a what toaster site. Or <laughs> yes, ah, there definitely is. And and I mean, what I don't understand is like probably your parents they don't give a shit about like researching toasters, but you no. obviously do. So why don't they just let you know, choose you, it? I don't know if I give a shit about researching toasters, <laughs> but I feel like you they say, yeah, any research do. in any way. No, I don't think no you, but but they can rely on you. Part of to this do operation. that, it's, it, all he cares about is the end result of the toaster. It's not that he's a. There's something weird about your phrasing there. It's like, no, I'm really into toaster research. Well, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I'm just gonna go on the wire cutter. I mean, you could see just, what you they could say have, the best toaster is. You could literally just go on Amazon and look at the star ratings, and that yeah. would be enough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, was seriously tempted to look up this toaster that we have on Amazon and see what its rating is. Oh, yeah, yeah. To see if it's just shit. No, that's actually legitimately interesting. <laughs> well, here we go. Here's the best toaster. But I was mm. thinking about this again because I was thinking about I probably need to buy a new bed. Buy a new bed. Well, I probably need to buy a new. <laughs> Sorry, talking about we were talking about old adverts before the um, before we started. Like we were talking about dime bars and things like that. But there was an old bed factory ad that used to be on like Raid SGR or something. Yeah, and it basically just used to go buy a new bed. <laughs> that was all it did. Well, that's quality radio advertising. Yeah, at the bed factory. Now I need to buy a new bed frame at least. But then I was thinking. I should probably just get a new mattress as well. Yeah, I need a new mattress. As you do. But then I was like, how do you know what you're getting? You, you, I'm not going to go to a fucking bed store and lie down on beds. That's the oh. worst thing ever. You <laughs> didn't do that, though. The, what? But that's the best thing. No, it's that's, not. That's, that's kind of fun. You just sort of like, just lump onto things. But and there's no way, that even that, there's no way that you could actually simulate what it's like to sleep in a bed. No, not at all. You could be like, maybe I can try and lie in the position that I actually sleep in, maybe. But that's not actually going to give you really that much indication of what it's actually like. No, but it's, <laughs> but it's kind of entertaining. And gross. Like <laughs> okay. all the thousands of other people who lie down on that specific bed. <laughs> that's, that doesn't bother me too much. I'd probably try one of these, probably because... the. the we talked about advertising earlier, and I think that oh, the are you main... talking about these ridiculous number of fancy internet mattresses? Yeah, fancy internet mattresses. So <laughs> the the main form of advertising that genuinely, definitely works on me because it's directly targeted targeted at me, and just is, re- and because it's such a small pool of adverts, like it's just repeated over and over, which is very important for to getting your stupid message across. Is adverts on podcasts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, they're all the same. Like how many times have you been in fucking Squarespace or, or Audible? Build it beautiful. Oh yeah. my god, build it beautiful. Build it Jackson's beautiful, been... as they <laughs> say on the podcast I listen to, as well, if it's like a nineteen twenties. Squarespace don't use that now, and I've noticed Corsair now use that. The build it beautiful catchphrase. <laughs> it's kind of a, because on the flop pals they he. He keeps saying it, even though they don't use that, and he says it for other other sponsors as well. He just randomly <laughs> really? saying, "Build it, beautiful." <laughs> Shame, uh, but of course, it, the one in the UK is Casper, I guess. 
Um, and, oh, there's, and there's loads because you get the there's, we've got the Eve as well. Yeah, is, yeah, is there's British. Eve. Lisa have turned up in the UK yeah, now as and well. The, and I've heard the Lisa adverts on the American podcast for ages, and they oh, keep yeah, going yeah. on about, oh, if you're not happy, just send it right back. A hundred day guarantee. Yeah, all this. Shit. So that's the weird. To so the point where actually, like, because of the way they ship those and those compression. It's like, how do you get yeah. it back? So how do you get it back? And it's like, so some of them now actually are. We realise this mattress is ridiculously expensive, so we actually don't mind coming to get it hmm. if you don't like it. Oh, that's cool. There's some that do that now. The but yeah, those things, the but, they're, but they're absurd the amount of money, though. Like, I know mattresses are in general, but they're like six, wow, seven this is like, pounds. Yeah, this is like 550. For, what's the difference between a double and an EU double? EU is bigger. Uh, EU is a little bit wider because that's the mm. problem we have because your Malm frame that we yeah. nicked is... Uh, is uh, an EU double. No, I didn't know that. So the, the, the double mattress we actually have for it doesn't quite fit. <laughs> oh, interesting. It's too small. Yeah, the mattress we have is a bit small. Well, my oh, problem weird. would be that I, I like a long one. Like My current mattress is, a, is slightly longer than average. Well, EU single is long. Is just... Yeah, according to this, EU single is just 10 centimetres longer than a normal single, and that's the only difference. Yeah, so you should get the EU single. <laughs> Yeah, that's three. Ancient ass mattresses. It's the classic. I How old be... is your mattress? I don't even know because it came no. in the flat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been experimenting with on the, with the the cheaper scale of things, which is the pillow. Hmm. So I got a memory foam. I've got various pillows, and I haven't decided which one I like the best because I'm also like oh wait so you to... actually just got them and you're now well the thing is once you buy once you sleep on them you can't return them so oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously so well I got a like fancy like Hungarian goose down or whatever like really fluffy one and that one's good but I'm trying to figure out but like after you're done sleeping on it it's like basically completely compressed yeah. so when you actually wake up like it's super comfy to like sink into or whatever but like when you actually wake up it's like whatever's underneath it is what's actually holding you up which is a bit weird so but and it's a bit too high in the my classic standard of two pillows um and then i got the and then i got a memory foam one or whatever or what's it called tempura cloud or whatever and that one is definitely too high when you have two pillows so i have to then and then i tried that just on its own which is what my brother does but i now i'm at a sort of in between where i've sort of got a folded up blanket underneath it which isn't as high as a pillow <laughs> yeah, right. raise it slightly yeah um, i think that's that, my problem like what I, i'm sort of in that awkward zone where one pillow doesn't quite feel high enough but two mm, pillows is definitely way too much it's too high yeah so, yeah, so i mean so, so i end up sort of like sleeping with my arm under the pillow yeah sort of well, raising me up a little bit well this seems to be working it's just a folded up blanket and it seems to be the, the working okay as long as your your one pillow has to be good enough to not like not need Sad much cushioning under it yeah. yeah yeah so anyway i'm still not totally happy you, have uh, you found your toaster yeah there? rob has successfully got amazon's toasters to find my specific toaster well i tried to look at the best toaster but on this site which i use for gadgets but it's american and it's so it's the best american toaster <laughs> exactly. which isn't any use <laughs> apparently this toaster that we have unsurprisingly is real cheap real right <laughs> right it's all of 21 pounds of toaster yeah, oh, that, that's, that's the average end of toaster prices <laughs> 
No, it isn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think ours was like 30 And something. the Amazon rating is three and a half stars. Oh, okay. Okay, well, what's we'll the toaster to get then? Well, I want to know what it's been marked down for there. Yeah, exactly. Go and look at these customer reviews. <laughs> Live toaster reviews. Release. Except we're not reviewing Okay, there's a two-star toaster. that says release mechanism break within six months. So that means okay, right. That could happen. Wait, the release mechanism? Like, oh, what? So they had no, had no cop. So where are we? The best one? What's the best one? What's the best one? <laughs> That's a weird thing to put in your review of a, of a basic toaster. No real useful features, apart from toasting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you expecting? Well, unless the toasting didn't work. And then the, the review just starts. As a toaster, it functions. It toasts bread into toast. <laughs> <laughs> What the no hell is this? There's like a tunnel toaster where you slot it into a tunnel. Yeah, it goes through. It's like an industrial toaster except from a in small scale. Oh, what? Like uh, it's a con- conveyor belt? Yeah. yeah, no, like what they have oh, at some hotels. Okay. It's tunnel toaster. Yeah, because there's ones like the like the like in hotel ones. There tends to be like a slot a slot on the top, and it like yeah. goes one way to toast one side, and then comes down a slope that flips it over or something, and then toasts the other side or. Or you get some that are just bars on each side as it goes through. I don't know why I'm shopping for toasters now. Which one would I, would, are you supposed to buy then? Well, I, I recommend the fairly standard Morphe Richards four slice toaster. Oh yeah, it has because it has got... quite nice wide slots. It's got the classic crumb tray. It's, you know, it's the slots that when you push down on <laughs> All the, the classic toast device. Yeah, it's got everything you need. But well, this like, is only twenty eight the... quid on on Amazon, so it's only you're only paying a premium of what yeah, was it? Yeah. Seven quid. Like seven pounds. Yeah, but the good <laughs> thing was is that the slots are, are wide enough to put practically anything in it. And they're the sort of graspy slots. So, like, as you push down on the thing, you get the, yeah. the, the sort of clamping yeah, yeah. effect to the width yeah. of your bread. Oh, it comes in cl- lots of colours. Yeah. This four-star review claims that the slots are cavernous, taking thick slices with extra ease, and large enough to fit hot cross buns. And I'm like, no, it fucking ain't. Then <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? Might so, not even be a review for this toaster. <laughs> do you have space for a four-slot toaster's egg? Very important. Yeah, we have this right. plenty of space. Well, yeah. Space, space isn't really a problem. Well, Come talk I to think, me, mate. Like, I, I, think, I can sort you out of a toaster. <laughs> I think you should invest, Egg. Uh, mm. Yeah, get yourself a, a Morphe Richards toaster kettle combo. Don't buy whatever the fuck we got. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the terrible 20 good Russell Hobbs thing. Okay. Bad. Anyway, let's fucking anyway, because we somehow managed to turn that around way too long. You get a bit of toast, put it in the slurp, or the lever get toast. <laughs> or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, you don't, you don't put toast in the toast and get toast, you put bread in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you put toast in the toast and you get toast, that's got a yeah. lot great toaster, I don't think. You've made, you've made breakfast spooky. Spooky eating toast. Get that reference in again, there we go. <laughs> Both of those references. The two references to toast. Yeah. Ah, oh, Casper make pillows as well. Well Do done. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. What is the difference between all those mattresses? Because like some of them are like just foam, some of them are foam with springs. Well, they're just different mattresses. Well, the Casper yeah. one is yeah, foam with. But some springs. of them like like have like a micro spring mini let, like like a layer that's like a, only like a set of his head that's just filled with springs for some reason. It's like is that more effective than just putting foam there or like having might be cheaper like, or, or massive springs like they have in like normal mattresses. Well, micro spring. I don't know. 
Casper have obviously spent money on a web developer. <laughs> yes. Well, they all. I think they all have the same web developer. <laughs> all, all, their, all the sites for these mattresses are identical. Right. All that, all that changes is the colour. Probably all from Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, like Lisa is yellow or something. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. He, like Casper is blue. Yeah, that, that's about it. That's like the only difference. But the Casper's saying, like, we put a pillow in your pillow so you can sleep while you Yoda. sleep. Yoda. So you can sleep when you sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. All the memes. <laughs> Yeah, there was a there was a dank meme stall at EGX. <laughs> what was it, selling dank memes? It was basically yeah, it was like it was very much a, a crapware like <laughs> like, like, like just like just like mouse mats and mugs and junk. stuff with random <laughs> things on it like like a mouse mat with nothing but Nicolas Cage's head on it. And things like that. <laughs> okay, and, but the, they were just called "We Have Dank Memes" <laughs> and had a, had a different for some reason they had a different banner over the two days. Like the first day there was just Nicholas Cage, the second day it had that guy from Lazy Town yeah, just, just okay. leaning in with Doge the other side, going such wow. Yep, right. Dank. And so, so, so somehow they had brought multiple banners to advertise themselves. What do you mean somehow? Like, why do you need multiple banners for the same store? Like why did you need to well, change it? They wanted to make it fancy. Yeah. They wanted to doubly entice people. Yeah. Maybe you uh, don't like one of those memes, so you can get a different meme on the next day. Okay, well, no, but they like the the store, like the content available. Is so, <laughs> sure, but the thing that's going to attract you, attract you from across the room, I mean, you might be like that meme isn't dank enough, and then you come back the next day and like, oh, that's more like it. <laughs> what defines the dankness now? Is it like the age Who of the meme? Like, well, on the like... on the on the dank meme subreddit, it, it read it. Anything you you submit, there's a bot that just. Um, puts a pinned comment on the top that just says dank. (laughs) (laughs) Helpful. Because there was like um, uh, one that, uh, I don't know, like I'd I'd forgotten about Dat Boy. That's fairly old at this point. Yeah. I mean, the the original was the, you know, the, what what would you, how would you describe that guy? You know, it's the, you know, born too late to explore the world. Born too soon to explore the galaxy. Born just in time to browse dank memes. Yeah, uh, and it's like a what is it like a conehead guy with like a, um, eyes, you know, like he's oh, super high right. eyes or something. Yeah, I sort of remember now. Mm. I think that was the start of the whole thing. Well, well, maybe not <laughs> calling them dank at least. Yeah, I'm sure that was <laughs> fairly near the origin of that. Or close to the yeah, I mean, Thanks, they're, they're different though, way. aren't they? Not really. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> well, they're still they're still mining material out of those Star Wars prequels somehow. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, just remembered the uh, the jingle for Lisa mattresses now from the Adam Buxton podcast. <laughs> Are they have a jingle, or did he? Well, make he one? of course he makes jingles for everything. So his is like right. buying a new mattress is so hard. What if you don't like it when you got it? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Was he trying to do it in old Britpop? I think so. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Right, news. News. Video game news. news. What's well, going was on? Sort of a segue to EGX, but you might as well do real news first. Uh, yeah, let's get that out of the way because there isn't any. Because there's none. Yeah. Uh, what do we got? Something about uh, the NES Golf being inside the Switch, complete with motion controls, as some kind of Easter egg tied to. What is it tied to? 
Iwata. Well, right, yeah. So it's, a, it's, a, it's in, I assume this is one of Iwata's early games that he worked on for Nintendo, hence why it's golf and not something else. But right. yeah, like it, apparently every Switch has a copy of this lurking inside it, but you just have to figure out how to unlock it on the date of, of Iwata's death. Anniversary. No, you don't have to go back in time. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have to go back in time, yeah. <laughs> It's not how he died. Like he wasn't. He wasn't playing motion control switch golf and something. As far as we know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's the. Yeah. It's just. It's there. It was found, but then people couldn't figure out how to access it. Like, how do you legitimately get it to come on? Or yeah. was it just left there by developers? And it's like, oh, there, there did seem to be a mechanism, but like, but all all people could figure out was there's some kind of motion required in order to unlock it. Well, the and thing the, I read said that it might be the motion that he used to do in Nintendo Directs when he was like, yeah, yeah, direct sort of to two, you. <laughs> yeah, two, the two palms towards the... Yeah. Like holding a like the, 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 the medium-sized kind of tunnel from your face. Towards yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> in, in the Big Fish, Little Fish cardboard box, it would probably have been the sort of somewhere in between the Big Fish and the Little Fish. Hmm. No, a little, you know, little Fish is about right. So. Using, using, <laughs> using rave language. Help, helpful references. <laughs> Take your left hand. <laughs> then you take your right hand. <laughs> you put both hands on your head. And then you do the migraine skank. Do the migraine skank. <laughs> and then you look furtively around for the cops. <laughs> we'll probably we have to, find, you. we have to try and find that video again and, and reference what it is the hell we're talking about. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of neat. That there's an Easter egg in the Switch, I suppose, that like will be incredibly difficult to access. What makes it like like you can't just change the system clock either. It's not jippable. Because as it turns out, they've discovered that the Switch actually runs two clocks. Like one that you can customize and set, but one that's actually synchronized to the Nintendo server time if you've ever taken the console online. Mm. So currently the only way to legitimately try and figure out how to uh, get this thing is to get a Switch that has never been online. Because then it won't have set its internet clock. Mm. But I mean, every new switch has never been online, so I'm sure someone will try. So it. yeah, so, someone someone will demonstrate it at some point. I'm sure. Right. So, what else we got? Mario yeah, 64 that's... online. That effort has been lawyered. Lawyered. Lawyers. What do yeah, you expect? Would expect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, so it's a cool idea. So Oh, well, someone explain how would it have worked? Like, what is it? So it's multiplayer. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's multiplayer as you can You just what... get a shit of marriage running around. Oh, right. So it's the, like, it wasn't like, because didn't the DS version have some form of, like, co op or. Did it? Like... No, not really. Didn't it? I thought you could get, like, four people into something. Well, it had mini games. Oh, uh, is that what it was? And I'm not sure even those were multiplayer. I'm not entirely sure that it is a thing that actually existed, but it had mini games. Uh, I thought it had a. Had something of some kind. <laughs> Descriptive. Yeah, so, yeah. I hope you had fun while it lasted, peeps. There will probably almost always be a way of getting hold of it, though. Yep, naturally. It'll be, it'll be somewhere. It just might not be fit. Go forth and play bootleg mods for 21 year old games. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like you're not playing, you know, a ROM hack. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Except ROM hacks are even older. True. True that. What else going on? 
Battlefield Heroes is coming back. Did I hear? Uh, but un- only unofficially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fan. Oh, really? To, well, to the lawyers back. will come down on that as well. Maybe. Does anyone I mean, care? Yeah. Does he? Care? I mean, if they well, change, it's all pretty... they have to probably do is hack the word Battlefield out of it, <laughs> and they'd probably be all right. Player unknowns Battlefield Heroes is that? Yeah. Yeah. Or hacker unknown. Hacker unknown. Yeah. Uh, have you got Sonic news? I don't know. There is a there is a tiny bit of Sonic news in that it might have got leaked that they're doing a DLC pack for Sonic Forces that has Shadow the Hedgehog as a feature. Character Can't you just create Shadow using the stupid character creator? Probably not. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It yeah. will be interesting. I would just. Hedgehog will be a species you can pick. I'm not sure it is. No, that, that seems like it's something they wouldn't let you do. No, right. So you have to be like a weird-looking. You have to be one nerdy... of the non-main character species. <laughs> I can't even remember what they've said those are. There is like a limited set, like well, yeah, like bunny. Of course, there is. And... There has to be a limited set. So maybe you could make Creed the Rabbit <laughs> or a single-tailed fox. I think yeah, is allowed, but not, but, but not a two-tailed fox. I don't know what that main one that they originally showed is meant to be. Is that a wolf? I guess or, it's a wolf. Yeah, or a weasel thing. <laughs> what, the nerdy guy with the glasses? Yeah. yeah. I think that's meant to be a wolf. Yeah, maybe a weasel type thing. Doesn't look very wolfy to me. Yeah, yeah. but you have to think about it in the Sonic universe <laughs> yeah. style. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, Tails is a fox. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not exactly dog-ish no. in any way. A little bit. Uh, the Tails give it away, <laughs> that he's a fox. Yeah. He looks more like a fox than Sonic looks like a hedgehog. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. Spikes. <laughs> Sonic does not look like a hedgehog at all. Well, a creature has spikes on its back. Yeah, but hedgehog spikes don't look like <laughs> yeah. that, do they? No, but that's... They look like actual spikes. Yeah, I guess you'd say if, if you were comparing Sonic spikes to actual animals, he, his spikes are more like a porcupine, really. Yeah. Like, that kind of swept yeah. back style. Yeah. yeah, but then, but that was supposedly caused by the experiment. Yes, yeah. we discussed previously. <laughs> oh no, Sonic Law. <laughs> the spines fused together. <laughs> Unofficial Sonic Law, I suppose. <laughs> STC Law. Uh, yeah, so there's, there'll be some Shadow stuff, but it's like, I, one assumes that means Shadow would become playable in it. Um, in some form. He appears to be a villain, at least in the main story, because we've already seen him in a cutscene with all the other villains. Yeah. <laughs> in, this ma- in this dimension universe mashup thing yeah. that they're going for. But it's, it's so, hard to know exactly what's going on in it. So uh, as far as I can tell, like, like every character is in it in some form. Yeah. But they, they, it's it, clearly got some kind of weird military theme, given it's called Sonic Forces, and it kind of the logo looks kind of. Well, as we discussed previously about like the, the Avatar character, it's like. It seems like it's going to be a resistance movement type thing. Yes, very right. much so. Like, like like Eggman has already taken over or something. Right, and this right. is the the fight back. Right, but Shadow's the only one with actual guns, probably. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Eggman has a lot of guns. Just That's true. Well, techni- technically, the Avatar has a weapon. Yeah, sometimes it's nearly a gun. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how you say it. We could just, uh, unless there's any more news, I could just jump straight into I have played Sonic Forces. Yeah. No, I'm out of news, so let's go on. We'll give it a bit of context, though. Where, wh- I have where been, you been to EGX for a couple of days, and it's still on right now, so people will be at, at it tomorrow. 
by the so time e- it goes out. E- EGX is the, the day like, that it goes on. Eurogamer Expo, I guess. Used it to is, be. yes. I don't know if it's still associated with Eurogamer. But uh, no, I think it is. I think it, they just shortened it to EGX. But the, yeah. in fairness, there's not a lot of Eurogamerness about it. Right. Yeah. Like you, you couldn't really tell that Eurogamer were running the show. It's just like a video game expo. Yeah. Um, there's like one booth in the whole place where you can buy like official um, EGX branded t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. For some reason, if you wanted a t-shirt that just had EGX and big letters on it. Not quite sure why, but, you know, you can. They didn't go for anything ridiculous, like, I witnessed the most powerful console in this or anything. <laughs> 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 they make their branding dumb. Well, well, I suppose the expo wouldn't do that. Like, the console makers... Well, when they let the public into E3, a bunch of, there was a bunch of t-shirts along similar lines, wasn't there? Oh, there was right, like, yeah, sort of. I went to Eve, or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, they're always a bit creepy, those. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been happening, and I did two days this year instead of my normal one. Like, after previous years, we just thought, it's like, if we wanted to see the big games, the queues were just always way too long, but it meant you didn't then get to do enough of the indie section, which was the problem we had last year. We didn't spend enough time in the indies. Um. So with a couple of days, you've got enough time to do what you want to do. Mm. So oh, yeah. you can you can you can do a few of the bigs and all the smalls, or you know the ones that look interesting anyway. Uh, so that's what we did, and it's well worth it. Um, we we had a good time, and as part of that, Sega had a fairly big selection of Sonic Forces machines. You know, mm. all, all running on PS4 in some form. And uh, with four playable little demos available as well, so you could experience all aspects of the gameplay. In well, I say not all, but you know, small snippets of every character's style mm. gameplay. Oh. Um. So, uh, yeah. So I've done that. Okay. The good news is, is that the Sonic stuff. Which one? Both of them. <laughs> okay. Seems okay. So the, uh, the 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 modern Sonic one was the most complete, I guess, of the of the demo bits available, okay. and that plays exactly as you expect. It plays like a modern Sonic level. No, no new like mechanics in it. Not noticeably. Um, well, maybe you unlock them. Yeah, later on, um, it it seemed pretty standard. Um, the level itself felt a bit like like a cross between Spagonia and um, the Greek level. From the start of Unleashed, the Greek looking level. Um, the one, other one that might as well be Spaghetti. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the sort of town. So, but, but that's the that was the classic sort of everything's on fire. Yeah. Um, zone that we've seen from like the trailers and stuff like that, and that played just fine. Um, the good news is, is 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 for console owners they are targeting sixty frames per second properly this time, rather than the thirty frames that we had in Generations. So that's okay. nice. Well, that's um, and kind it was, of vital, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is vital. I thought that of generations, to be fair. It's like it, it was a way better experience on PC than it was anywhere else. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, that, so that, that was slick and didn't, didn't really hold back. And also, uh, I, would, I would say the presentation is pretty good. Like, I think they've taken what they learned, some of what they took from generations. There's some tech, I, like, I would say, even from, like, Lost World in the way that they make the grass move and stuff. And, um, uh, like, they're borrowing from some of the stuff they've done before. But it very much looks looks like a Sonic game still, just with a little bit more sheen to it, thanks to current-gen stuff. Uh, so that's good. 
that was reassuring. It didn't. It had some. There's like mid mid level voiceover. Stuff well, that was the now. thing we saw in that first first time they showed that, where it's like, why is there people talking to you constantly? Yeah, <laughs> every single character has to have something to say. There is quite a bit of it, admittedly, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of explaining what's going on and what you're doing, what you're doing, and why you're trying the, to play the level. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's you, you can zone it out. It's fine. Um, uh, well, the, it's uh, not the, necessarily a problem with zoning it out. It's, it'll be a problem if it happens every time you replay that level. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I hope that's it like a story mode first time through. Yeah, and then after that, if you go back and replay it, it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen. Yeah, or is like turn offable or yeah. something like that. Let, let's hope they thought about that. In fairness, it wasn't too bad. I there's a there's a certain I think they're borrowing the voice actors and the writing style from the Sonic Boom cartoon. Mm. Like weirdly, even though it's not a boom related game, it's like the I think the voices they were using for Knuckles especially Knuckles is like the the most recognizable one, I guess, from the new the new cast. That is like, yeah, okay, this sounds like they're going down that path. Um so when I played the classic Sonic section, which is basically a boss, the first I think must be the first boss fight against Eggman you do as classic Sonic. Mm. Eggman's lingo felt very much in line with that style of presentation. Like you know, there's a there's a sort of tongue in cheek to and fro going on between him and the. Oh, he's been doing that more in general recently, yeah. though, hasn't he? Like yeah, that, it, that, it, that it's very knowing and like the like tails and him are cutting at each other with what they're saying and things while you're trying to fight this thing and. Uh, I thought that was very well presented as well. It was quite a slick, not overly complicated, but they brought back the Egg Dragoon in some form. God, that boss sucked in Generations. That was like the worst. Yeah, it's not that. It's not <laughs> nearly that bad. But it's um, uh, they, so they brought it back and on the Green Hill Zone, as it was, and as it has the end boss for that. And it was it was fine. It was a good time. Um, uh, it's good. It's worth pointing out at this point that they that the whole. The presentation design of Sonic Forces is quite different from what they've done before. They're really leaning into this black and red theme of how it's done, but it's all like very solid blocks and everything's always slanty. So like your ring counter, for instance, is a slanty block at the top of the screen and uh, and the boost meter even at the bottom of the screen is like a slanty black block and things like that. So they're, sort of, they're going all in with this styling and I think it works. It's very clean, very crisp. And the way it transitions between like you dying and it coming up with the try again message and then transitioning back into where you were. It's all very slick, very smooth. Like they've done a good job there. It's like it's instant as well, like no loading times really. It just goes, yep, sliding in, sliding out. It's like it's great. A good job there, guys. And that's where the good stuff ends. Because the Avatar stuff sucks. The one new thing. Yeah, they've done. They've done the rule. The rule of like, I guess it's the rule of three, right? In Sonic games, it's like the the, the thing. The third thing they add is always the worst thing, and I did not enjoy that at all. So, um, go on. What's the deal? So, uh, the avatar controls differently for a start. So it's a bit floatier movement. Like the momentum of the left right movement felt felt weird. Um. Then, like a bit more, you need more of a run up if you want speed to get over certain obstacles, which was problematic. Um, meaning, certain sections, like if you're taking it slow to try and figure out the platforms, it's like there'd be a jump that was practically impossible unless you'd done the whole section at speed, it felt like. Mm. And it's like, okay, that doesn't feel particularly fair. 
there's one section where a bridge just sort of disappears in front of you if you didn't know where what was happening so i just sort of fell into the thing and it's like well great i didn't know that was coming um and then it was kind of hard to figure out actually what it wanted me to do at that second it wasn't too bad once i'd actually been able to stop and see it before dying <laughs> but you just sort of plow through that bit and you just sort of fall out right. and die and it's like okay level design issues um also, his he, he has a homing attack, but it's not the same as the others. It's sort of delayed because he has to fire like a grapple beam out of his gun, and then does it, and then attacks it. So it's like that's not your primary way of getting around anymore. Um, you have to uh, the, the the way you're supposed to destroy enemies is with your weapons, which are you can pick between several. Now I tried the electric whip, which sort of zaps a load of stuff in front of you um, instantly, but also has a bit of a charge to it. So you charge forward a bit while whipping this thing around. And that works okay in 2D, uh, which the, the Avatar stage was in. But I'll come back to that a bit later. We've got the flamethrower, which seems infinitely easier to use because <laughs> you just stand in front of stuff and pull the trigger and go, blah, and everything dies. Um, w plus M1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to cough. Hang on. <coughs> Cut. Um, uh, yeah. So, and uh, but depending on which weapon you pick, also grants the avatar an ability. So you can only have one of those abilities at the time, and the level is designed to support multiple abilities at once. But you'd only be able to obviously take what the route that's suitable for your chosen chosen equipment. So, for instance, the the flamethrower has the ability to do wisp powered rocket boosts. Sort of. So you get like a power bar when you find the rocket wisp, and then you can use it a certain number of times to jump up certain routes. But if you muck up your jumping and you run out of power, the rocket wisp doesn't respawn. So it's like, all right, now I'm stuck going the, going the other route if I mess that up. So there's a bit of, I don't know, resource management in it that I didn't quite get to grasp with in my time with the demo. Weird. Um, same with the electric whip in that it... It's, it basically gives you the light speed dash as its power, so you can zip along rings, but you can only oh. use it if you've got the wisp power, the laser wisp, to do it. Um, so again, that's, that's on a, on a limited like resource. A, a common you know, um, mechanic that you're doing constantly, no, you, like in the old games. And, and, well, no, not unless the... Well, not unless it's part of the Sonic stuff as well at some point, but we, there's Haven't no indication that. of that. Um uh, yeah, so that, and I found that kind of awkward, um, which was made infinitely worse when we then did the fourth bit of the demo, which I didn't realise was a thing, which is tag levels, where oh. two of the where the, the where the one of the Sonics and the Avatar team up, and you have a sort of combination level where it's, it's got some Sonic stuff and some Avatar stuff uh, in three D. And it was it was just a mess, to be honest. Like it puts you into combat situations as the avatar, which are never good in Sonic games. Um, and if you've got the whip, which is charging around on these platforms with like um, spaces around the outside, you could just very easily charge your way off the platform. And don't, for the love of God, don't push the boost button accidentally when you're doing that, because you'll just boost to oblivion. <laughs> which, admittedly, that was my fault. <laughs> but still. Those bits kind of sucked, and were just a bit of a bit of a pain to 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 work around. And it just seemed like there were some really pointless bits to it. Like at the start, it makes you do like mash the button to get your tag power up, and then you charge really fast down a straight line for a while, in which you don't have to do anything. 
Like, it's just a straight line, and there's a load of bad guys there, and it's like, ah, oh, it's a tag moment! But there's no gameplay to it. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. It seems like they've taken the generation's idea and then thought, yeah, we'll really mess this up. <laughs> like, why? Why have you done that? I guess you're... Like, uh, the Sonic Team always have to try and do something new. Well, hopefully it would just be like generations where you only play the good levels. <laughs> yes. You play for it once, and then you, yeah. when you actually want to go back, you're just like, oh, I'll just play the ones that are actually good. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, that's... <sighs> Almost every Sonic game has this thing where it's like about half of it is is actually good, but it's seriously brought down by the other half of it. Hmm. And like generations didn't have that problem really. Yeah, it did. <laughs> not for I'm not a whole fifty percent of the game. Probably like all of the stages, the main stages I thought were fine. Not all, not really. Not as some were not as good as others though. But then the ones you liked, you like more. I don't like. Like was it Crisis City or whatever? That was a good level with a decent flow. That was the thing about it. You see, I don't, I don't like that. I don't think. Don't almost don't. It's like I didn't like most of the classic Sonic levels because it's just like I don't really like how he handles in generations specifically, but I didn't really like the old classic Sonic style anyway. Hmm. Which is why it's going to be weird in Force because it's like, is it going to be better handling or is it going to be exactly I think it, the same? Well, yeah, because I, I didn't really get a proper stage with yeah. classic Sonic, but I, I think it's the same. And then, of course, you know. Once they, for some reason, decided that Classic Sonic had to have a homing attack, it's just like, really? Just, just design the stages better for Classic Sonic. Don't try and turn him into one Sonic by randomly deciding that he can now homing attack. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he. I'm not sure. I can... I'm not sure he could in the boss fight. Anyway, you couldn't just. I couldn't just home in onto Eggman. Hmm. I mean, like, yeah, again, we don't know whether that could just be a boss fight thing or not. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't particularly fill me with as much confidence as I had originally because well, it, it feels like Sega are confident right they had a reasonably big... <laughs> they, they think they've got a good idea yeah they had a reasonable reasonably large number of screens set up just for this and it's uh you know I think I think they're betting on it and although interestingly it's come to light that apparently in, like in the states at least it's only really it's releasing at the forty dollar price range hmm. rather than the sixty dollar so they're not going full full big Big budget on this. Well, that might just be because Sega has realised that game prices are ridiculous, <laughs> and Sega can get away with not charging less. I doubt it, but I wonder if they're looking at the success of Sonic Mania and being like, "Hey, this did pretty good." Well, actually, I have no idea how it sold. But well, it's going to highlight, isn't it? Mm. It's going to highlight how you know show and in, throw into sharp relief how kind of average modern Sonic games are in comparison to. Classic Sonic games, I guess. Yeah, yeah compared to compared to the classic classics, anyway. Yeah, the real question about forces that will make a difference is like, well, I mean, how many stages? Obviously, is the important thing. But then, like, mm. what is the connecting tissue like? Is there any, or is there? Is it just completely stage to stage? Or is it hub world like yeah, generations? Like, or... if you think about colors. Where it's mm. just like it is pretty much just stage to stage. It's not. I mean, you're on a world map, and it's literally a map. <laughs> yeah, but but obviously you went through it in order, right? Yeah, like there was there was clear like this is stage one, this is stage two. But then when you get the generations, where it's like there's a bunch of side missions in the weird overworld, and mm. some of those you have to do to unlock progress. But that's you know they could not do that if they wanted. But 
Like, is that a structure that is... What is the structure of a Sonic game that would make sense? Is it better just to go stage to stage, or do you actually want some other things? Yeah, do you, have, <laughs> do, you do the adventure thing and try and make a 3D hub world of some description? Or do you do the Sonic Adventure 2 thing and just have nothing? Yeah. It, like, it just goes. Um, just literally a story. Yeah. Or do you do somewhere in the middle and do Sonic Colors or Sonic Lost World, for instance, had a bit of that. Sort of. It was still mostly you play the stages in order, but there was the occasional side thing. And then not just like where, like what are the side things? Because mm. generations technically, it was still just more of the stages, just with specific mission goals layered into them. Yeah, or, or with gimmicks <laughs> or gimmick stages, right? The, yeah, like the Sky Sanctuary floaty thing stage. Yeah. Or... Do you want that, or do you want some other kind of completely, completely different mini game to do in between the levels, mm. or mini games, something? No. Yeah. So, hmm. Right. The proof's in the pudding, I suppose, and the pudding was lukewarm. People keep saying the proof's in the pudding, but I'm really? sure. I'm sure the proof of the, <laughs> that was going to be that. I'm sure, I'm sure the proof of the. I, I'm sure the proof of the pudding is in the eating. I thought that was the the phrase because that actually makes sense. What does the proof is in the pudding mean? It means like they put alcohol in the pudding. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly what it means. I'm sure proof refers to some something else. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Anyway, never mind. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is one of those weird short things that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You've got me thinking about it now. Someone's going to Google it in a second, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it an egg corn? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sonic Forces. Uh, and then there's oh, the, the bit where you try and remember all the things I saw, because I saw a lot of things. <laughs> well, how many of them do you need to talk about if you can't remember them? Yeah. <laughs> That's the trick. That, that might be the trick. Uh, so let's start with the other big guns, I suppose. Let's go to the other side of the coin. I've played Mario Odyssey. Okay. Whoa, what? Hold up. Yeah. Super Mario. <laughs> you can Super so much, Mario! So much more excited about Mario than Sonic, but that's just me. Well, it might not be just me. So, <laughs> yeah. Because, because I think it's going to be kind of awesome. Well, of course it <laughs> it's is. It's just going to be another Mario Galaxy, essentially. You can't well, really fail. What's wrong with that? Yes. Honestly, yes, it is that. It is it is classic Mario formula, um, but with some hat mechanics. Yeah, like, exactly. like, I don't know, bullet bills are a nothing now because you just hit them with your hat and become one. Well, I mean, that that seemed like a problem, though, as we were saying when we saw it on the free went Like, he's always being a bullet. <laughs> like, that seems to be the hat mechanics he's already overused and they've only shown one part uh, of this one level. So here's, the, here's <laughs> the, the only thing that worries me about the hat mechanic is that it might end up feeling a little inconsistent. Because it's also your attack now. Yeah. Um, so there are certain enemies where I think, like, oh, I want to be that Goomba. Because I've seen Mario as a Goomba in, like, some of the material yeah. that's been out there. But most of the time, you just, you know, you just throw your hat at them and they, they die. Well, it's where, it's when they have a hat, you have to knock their hat off and then you can beat them, right? That's, that's how the, that mechanic is gated. And I think that's... Uh, maybe that might explain it. Because I'm sure some of the bills you didn't have to hit twice. You only had to hit once. And you'd become the bill mm. and then fly about. But uh, it's, I mean, it's a little un unlike the other Mario games. There's no, you don't drop into a world and it's like, okay, here's the, here's star number one. We're yeah. doing that now. 
you do them um, whenever you like, right? Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of random ones. Just about, or they're not stars anymore. They're moons oh, now. That's also moons. what we were worried about when they showed it to D three, where it's just like, does that make more of them inconsequential? Where it's like, oh, I just had to go to this place, and there it was. <laughs> there's a few like that, yeah. So like when I was in the desert area, I did the classic bit that we've seen where dress the, you up know, in the right uniform to go into the club. Uh, oh no! I, I think I saw someone get. I, I did see someone get an outfit, but I didn't. I didn't fi- when I played it. I didn't figure out how. To, I didn't see that part. Right. Um, but when I became a, bu- a, a bullet, there were just a couple of areas you could get to where it's just like, oh, there just happens to be a moon up here, you know, like on top yeah. of a pillar. Um, and so there's a lot scattered about. But there is a critical path that the game sort of guides you through. So when you enter the area, it goes, hey, you should probably go to this thing, and then it's and then you go up there, and then it's like and. and, and with some cool 2D Mario stuff thrown in there just because like you know you become 2D Mario in in NES graphics on the side of a pillar for no yep. no apparent reason because it's but, awesome you know but whatever it's cool um I'll, I'll roll with it and then if you jump out of it you turn into 3D Mario again and uh and then uh, yes yeah, so you do a bit of that and then you get to the top of this thing and then you get the star it wanted you or the moon sorry that you what it wanted you to get and then that then opens up a pathway to another part of the zone which you then have to traverse in order to get to the next set of moons, effectively. Mm. Um, and there was some fairly cool platformy stuff there with the hat and things that can throw the hat further than sort of like a chain thing. So throw your hat into this thing and it then throws the hat a bit further. And then that will do something. But you've got to do that all whilst on a moving platform and then dodge all this stuff that's coming at you. And if you don't do this stuff, then there's nothing to jump on. Ah, um, It was quite well done. I mean, like that has got to the point where it's maybe too many death pits. <laughs> yeah, death was fairly. Is, it was is, like, but, got... that, but then death is more inconsequential now than it's ever well, been. Sure. Like you, you like, get, you get. There are checkpoints about the world now. Like there are little flags. Yeah, the flags. And you just run over them, and it's like this is where you're going to respawn. And there's quite a few of them. Because it was the same thing that I thought once you got the galaxy, where it's just like there was so many. It was just like everything was black holes. Every, right, yeah. every, there was just everywhere all death pits. It was like this kind of sucks, right? Because that in Mario sixty four there weren't that many death pits. I mean, so yeah, depending on the, the edge of the world, basically yeah. in Mario sixty four, and it got it got worse as you went along for that, right? The, the... Kind of, yeah. I definitely remember uh, falling off the what's the big little world or whatever. I remember falling off that quite a lot when I was too. I remember, I remember not liking that that whole that whole, like like it was a cool idea, idea that one, but not but not liking playing it. That was the one where you got into from the hub castle, which where it's like a mirror uh, yeah, room, yeah. hall of mirrors room. Yeah, yeah, that was. But then, no, a... wasn't there? Wasn't little big world? Hall... There were two pictures. Yeah, hall of mirrors was the other ice world. Oh, uh, was it? Because uh... yeah, there were two pictures on the wall. If you jumped into the small one, oh yeah, it, it was a perspective trick where yeah. they looked the same from the middle of the room, but then as you oh, down yeah, the corridor, yeah, yeah. it was wider. Man, that, game was squeeze... frick... that game was so good. Yeah, so many, so many unique ideas. But yeah, um, I think like these modern 3D areas are just like too reliant on death bits. And it, I mean, it was, that, yeah. it was a bit too, it was like too obvious in Galaxy because it was just, just a fucking, it, you were in space. So it was just like, here's a black hole. Or <laughs> it's just like, whereas it, it, sometimes like, if you think where it's like, oh, you fall into quicksand, it's like, okay, that sort of makes sense. <laughs> In the context of a world, and I think the thing, I, the main takeaway I have from this is that I think if you took Mario, and they had horrible relations with Banjo Kazooie, <laughs> this comes out the other end. 
in that there, there is more of a collectathon to it in that you know because there's stuff just about the world there's things mm. you can get to just by crawling through little gaps or sneaky little things you can find hidden away and stuff like that that leads that lead to something um like so it has that stuff from banjo which mario didn't necessarily have that much of that was important anyway you might find some coins mm. um yeah it was all about getting 100 coins to get the star for that right yeah <laughs> Yeah, but now coins are like a currency, mm. and each world one of two currencies. Yeah, and each world has their own currency as well. And um, uh, yeah, so that, that's how that's how that kind of felt. And I've, I've I saw quite a bit of the the city, the new donk stuff, which they just called the metro area. Okay, <laughs> Wait, is it not called? New no, on the menu it was like the sand area or the metro area. Okay. Um, so they're probably not the official names. So maybe it was just the demo text. I don't yeah, know. that sounds yeah. like it. Pauline and everything. Yeah, you know, it's got to be the part of the story, right? Well, I mean, it, it, it is like all the references to Donkey Kong all over the place. I mean, it like it like introduced the metro area with like a close up of Pauline, and then you meet some guy fairly early on who says, "Hey, the mayor's in town somewhere." Like it, implying that <laughs> that's supposed to be the first thing you do is to try and find Pauline. But almost everyone I saw play never did that. They just found other stuff to do. Yeah, um, sure. and like uh, there were a couple of like. Uh, there's definitely some instances about the place, as in you'll find yeah a way of flying worlds. to a different area, and then it's almost like a little, almost like the weird challenges from Sunshine, but not they're sort of themed to the area, but well, like, they're still like challenges of some kind. I did see some some image that someone had posted where it did look very much more like a Sunshine one, where it's just like weird brightly coloured polygons floating in space. There was someone did manage to get to one of those. Yeah, there was like what? Okay, how are you in space? Like, how did you get what? How did you get there? Because there was one bit where it was in World, where you you, you flew above the clouds and yeah. you found a they high rise. That yeah, and uh, and which I thought was smart because then when you get back down, it does a sequence where you're like punching a hole in the cloud, and it's like, oh, okay, that's quite neat. You did that all in theme and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, all of all of Mario's move set is there. You know, it's it 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 plays and feels like you'd expect. It looks good. I'm not 100 percent sure it hits 1080p if we're being technical. I, I don't bit, think it, it does, looked, does it? It, look, it looked it? a bit pixely in places, but you know it's got that Mario Kart Eight sheen to everything. Um, were you playing it? Oh, I guess it, you were playing it docked and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a yeah. fully docked system. I was playing with un. Weirdly, they were showing it with unattached uh, motion controllers, like um, so the sorry the Joy Cons, but ungripped. Right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, they want you to be able to do the hat thing easier, Yeah, there are certain flicky actions, which there doesn't seem to be a button equivalent for, which I'm not 100% sure I think was the smartest idea. But I, I think there might be a button equivalent. I think they just want you... I think they're like, it's easier with motion controls because you have to like hold it and... I found it kind of awkward, to be honest. But like the, well, of course. Yeah. It's motion controls. Yeah, match. And it was a, like a specifically the instructions say it's a flick to the left to do the like throw the hat around you in a circle thing to 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 take out groups of enemies. Well, apparently, I mean, they people mentioned it at E three, but apparently, the like the people running the demo stations didn't necessarily explain what the exact motion was very well. Like, it's not oh, necessarily no. yeah, so... just be a flick. It's like you have to twist, like move your hand in a specific way. So the guy at my station was offering zero help at all. <laughs> Naturally, he, he, he just he, he looked like he didn't want to be there. It's Europe. Um, <laughs> whereas, well, the other guy in the Nintendo, like on the on the stand next to, like there there was a guy per every two kiosks, basically. And right. so the guy on the other two kiosks in front of us was giving a lot of help, <laughs> like going, "Hey, you might want to try doing that thing. It's really cool." Um, like, go speak to that musician over there. <laughs> 
It's something to do with the musicians. Like you find 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 a random trumpeter on top of the building going, Hey, I like playing up here, there's no audience. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's stuff going on. That game seems cool. Sweet. Well, I mean probably finished Zelda, Zelda just in time to stop playing Mario. All I need is <laughs> Zelda yeah. is Nintendo Classics. <laughs> yep, it's the year of the, the year of the Ninty Classics. Excellent. And then hopefully Red Dead will come out. Not this year. No, no. but I'll probably no. be playing Mario until the end of the year. When does it come out? October, I think. Early October. Shit, that's what, like yes. in like a couple of weeks? Oh, no, sorry, sorry, late not. Yeah, it's probably like the 20th of October I've got in my head, so not too far away. Sweet. Like a month's time. Man. I probably will be right. I, I probably right. probably will be able to yeah, segue from one to the other. October. Oh, awesome. Okay, well I know what I'm playing next. <laughs> yep, yeah, it, it seems good. Right, um cool. I also I know it's already out, but I did play a tiny bit of Mario and Rabbids uh, at the at the Ubisoft stand. They did have uh-huh. it at the Nintendo stand, but the line was a lot longer there. So we went to the Ubisoft stand and said, Oh, there's just kiosks, let's just go. No, oh, easy. Um uh I, that game seems good. I played one of the challenge levels. Well, I watched Jeremy play the attempt the challenge level first, and most of the Nintendo staff then say, yeah, none of us managed to crack this one. And it's oh, like, really? oh, well, we picked the hard one. It's challenge one, and it's marked very easy. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you sure about that? So, 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 so we tried it, and we failed it the first time, and then I picked it up and aced it the second time, like did it perfectly with a turn to spare. It was like a, like a, can you defeat all these enemies within three turns? And it's like, yeah, I've done it in two pitches. And yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure like that's really the only option. If you can't do it in the number of turns it says, you can only do it one faster. <laughs> yeah, bro. You definitely in a oh yeah, you can't do it in one because <laughs> enemies spawn after the uh, more enemies spawn after the first turn. Yeah, it's like a scripted thing. Um, uh, but that, the mechanics in that seem fine. It's like a, it is XCOM, but it's like a three action system. But you can only do. Um, you, you have a move action, you have a shot action, and you have a special of some kind, and you can choose mm. to do all three or any combination of them each turn. Um, you can't do like multiple moves, for instance, or you can't do multiple shots. So you can't uh, do oh, so you can't do two moves and no shot like in XCOM. No, no, no. You can you can do one of each, um, or choose to do none of them. You know, if you know what I mean. You can you can like because for instance, your some of the some of the moves are on cooldowns. So it might make sense not to fire your special uh, one of your special abilities this turn, for instance. Mm. Uh, yeah, what well, even though the challenge was pretty easy, the styling and presentation seemed pretty solid. So yeah, it's, nice. but that game's out. So yeah, it seems good. It seems good. Uh, it's good to have that as an option. Yeah, when you run out of switch games, just play another good yeah. one. <laughs> Uh, what other big stuff did we try? Um, also at the Ubisoft stand, I have played some Far Cry 5. Oh, yeah. Because Kippers wanted to do that. I'll be honest with you, I don't really care. But <laughs> Kippers wanted to do it cause, um, because I don't even know. I'm not sure he's played the other Far Crys. I think he just wanted to play it because he thought it looked interesting. Um, I, I think this is a Far Cry game. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because I haven't played three or four either. So three I don't really was really three was really good at the time. So um, it's 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 not a terrible looking game. It's not a terrible feeling game. 
the demo I think was somewhat poorly constructed because it puts you in that bit that we saw in the E3 stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, where it's oh, like right. there's something going on in front of you, you can deal with it in some ways. I, of course, I didn't know what the controls bloody were, so I faffed around and accidentally threw a grenade at something and that alerted everyone to where I was. And it's like, oh, okay, I just, I'm just getting into a firefight. But, oh, but I don't have a gun. How do I get a gun? What's the control to get a gun? Oh, somehow I've got a rifle. Okay, uh, now I'm shooting dudes like I'm playing a, a shooter. And so that all seems fairly normal. Didn't really, couldn't really work out how to use it, but like my buddy abilities or anything like that. I had the dog because, of course, I picked the dog. But I couldn't quite figure out how to use him properly. And then after you've done that, it was the demo was like, "All right, it's open world. Go do something." And it's like, do something where I, I don't appear to have access to a map. <laughs> so I got just got in a giant truck that happened to be there, drove somewhere. Uh, long story short, I found another fight, found a character, had a quick chat, found a plane. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting in this plane. Demo ends. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it's, I just about got to the cool stuff before the game actually ended. Uh, I mean, it seems fine. It's, I can't really judge it from that playthrough. But, you know, it seemed well-made, jank-free. Well. From, from what I saw. Relatively jank-free. Yeah. Cool. For an open-world game. <laughs> Nothing broke during the short-ass demo. Yeah. So that's probably pretty good for an open-world game. <laughs> and... I mean, a lot of the shows suffered from bad, classic bad TV setups. Like, as in, they just took a TV out of a box and didn't bother to configure it properly. But I think the Far Cry one was actually one of the slightly better ones because I don't think they had that horrible motion smoothing on it, from what I remember. Uh, so yeah, kudos for turning that rubbish off. Um, it was a real pain. Like, so much had that running, like. I didn't play it, but like I saw a bit of Destiny 2 being played because they were running a massive stand, courtesy of Virgin Media. And uh, they had all the frames moving on the tellies turned on, and it makes that game look like garbage. Like moving super jerkily and super smoothly and a combination of the two at the same time. It's like, oh, no, that has to be turned off. Mm. Um, it's just a bad way of showing that game. Like, but I, I do wonder if, like most people, like regular ass people who aren't me and don't go toying with TV settings every time I get one. Those regular ass probably. people. Yeah. Or, or just yeah. regular people. Maybe not regular ass people. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, whether, yeah. do people just leave that stuff on and then play games with that on, I and they so they do. just don't don't bat an eyelid at it, even though. It and they terrible. they don't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. Standard. But then, I don't know, people are strange. Like, I don't understand pe- people who listen to music through their smartphone speaker. No, I don't get that either. Are they fucking nuts? Like, like, yeah. My flatmate walks around the flat, like, cooking and everything, just listening to music, pop music, at the most tinniest possible quality. You know, anyway. It's like, let's get a speaker in these rooms. Well, I yeah, think you'll do that. Problem yeah. with, like, we've got a portable little Bose speaker thing that has like iPod attachment or it can use an auxiliary cable mm. and I plug my one in my i uh, my not iPod my Sony Walkman yes. <laughs> into it and I'm like Jesus the bass on this thing is fucking ridiculous but it doesn't actually have any options to change it it's just like oh, right, so it's, it's maximum high. bass constantly and oh, I'm like annoying. how can you possibly listen to this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that is annoying when that happens sometimes that happens with headphones as well cheap headphones mm. well not cheap but Sort of mid, I don't know, headphones that are trying to impress with bass, like Beats headphones and stuff. <laughs> the 
Right, I get you. Yeah, a lot of people say that the Beats phones are quite tuned to be bassy. Mm. I suppose you've been, hopefully on a lot of devices, you can EQ that down if you really really care about it. But yeah, I think there's a range of Beats headphones. I think that the, the, there are some you know decent ones, decent sound ones. Mm. But yeah, I, I remember when they, at least when they first came out, that that was one yes. of the general. But these sound so hip hop, dog. No. <laughs> Um, or it might, might might depend on like if you're only listening to certain kinds of music for it. <laughs> yeah. It probably does help. Yeah, yeah. Like the EQ is set up for Dr. Dre yeah. tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Dre tracks. <laughs> <laughs> you need to yo, you need to buy my music to enjoy these headphones. <laughs> <laughs> He's a genius. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, what else did we do? Um I'm trying to figure out a big title. Didn't really do a lot else at the Ubisoft stand. That was, that was what we did there. Um, over at Xbox, uh, I played quite a few things. So Forza Seven. It's a good looking game. We're not convinced it was running on Xbox One X though. I think we were playing the regular version, but it's still a pretty good looking game. Mm. Run. Uh, yeah, it was a sort of Dubai sandy sort of street track, which was quite cool. Um, on, cool. a, on a proper wheel setup and nice screens, properly configured this time. So and you could uh, just so let me get it straight. You could just with your like 1080 GTX or whatever, you could just and wheel and stuff. You could just get the PC version, right? And just could, like, smash yes. it, and then you wouldn't need an Xbox One X. I don't need an best X experience. No. no, not in the case of Forza. No, yeah. it was. Um, well, I would be just assuming fine. the Windows 10 version works well. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was some stuff about Forza Three that uh, Forza Horizon Three that wasn't apparently so hot on PC. Yeah, but this but is t- turn ten or whatever. This this is know, proper this turn is ten just, this yeah. time. Yeah. So this this game in theory would have been 100 percent tuned for 4K and 60 frames. And, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and full on HDR. Um, it's worth mentioning, actually. I don't think, like, weirdly, as much as like both Sony and Microsoft tout 4K HDR, I don't think there was any real screens that were both 4K and HDR on show mm. anywhere. Like, the Microsoft booth had a couple of demo reel screens that were just playing videos, and those were definitely 4K HDR. Mm. Like, you could tell the difference, and it's like, wow, okay. HDR is really very bright and very dark at the same time. That's yeah. really quite impressive. HDR and you know, cool. when you're standing as like a couple of feet away from them as we were, 4K is pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. Um, shame they were just videos, you know, and it wasn't actually running on real hardware, but it's still the like 4K HDR, that's a thing. Um so yeah, yeah, Forza 7 plays. I don't think the demo was particular as usual with these things. The demo is not a very good indication of of how you'd play that game. Because so I played this Dubai track had the new Porsche in it, which, as it turns out, with most of the assist still on, was really really difficult to drive. Hmm. So it's like maybe that's quite an advanced car, as it turns out well, in the game. Is or it nine, with nine eleven, so they the, are the really nine eleven RS GTRS two or something. They are quite hard to drive in general, yeah. because they're rear-engined, right? I just found it like really difficult to steer. Like there were like I was getting understeer. I was get I wasn't really getting oversteer. Weirdly, for something you'd think would happen with the engine out the back. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just I had a really hard time controlling that thing. 
Um, it could have been the wheel setup or the configuration of it because it was one of those ridiculous t- two seventy degree wheels. Mm. So maybe that wasn't set up particularly well. Um, but uh, I think Forza Seven is going to be a Forza game, so I, I think we're all right. <laughs> the one thing they need to do in my eyes is like if they add VR support to that thing, then the PC version might be perfect. You know. Yeah. And it needs LCD sound system on the uh, menu as well. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. I got I got no feel for whether the game has like licensed <laughs> music in it. Just thinking back to Forza Two days. There is a new yeah. LCD sound system album, but there aren't. They're not like super baggers, quite like that. Well, I guess kind of are. Hmm, it wasn't anyway. really a banger in Forza Two, was it? It was just sort of. Well, it was Daft Punk is playing at my house, wasn't it? Was it? Was I it thought that, that was on the menu. Mm, maybe I'm wrong. One of those games, I remember it. Was it that one? Into oh, I've got a different one in my head for some reason. Maybe it's just the default LCD sound system song that's in my head. Uh, the one that gets but, but really, it's not that one. The one that's in my head all the time at the moment is the old um, North American Scum. You know, oh, I don't that know one? that one from that. Uh, anyway, never mind. You will okay, know the one it. in my head. Is the one that just goes ma The beats on repeat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Meow, meow. For some reason that's my that's my uh, default LCD sound. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, Falls of Seven seems good. Um, played some Cuphead. Oh Comes yeah, out very soon. Did you get past uh, the tutorial? <laughs> uh, so it went. It was sort of like just dropped. There was a, It was already running, so I don't know quite where in the game it was. Um, but there was there was there was a level we tried that we didn't get very far through at all because it that game is hard as balls, like it's just ugh, it's super difficult, like and very unforgiving, like the level like I think most levels force you to basically run it in one. Mm. It's like if you died, that yeah it doesn't count. You got to do it again. Um, all right, so it's like a sort of super meat by type challenge. Kinda, yeah. Doesn't seem to be checkpoints as far as I can tell anywhere in it. Um, so we had a real difficulty playing this sort of uh, funhouse level where the idea is basically there were like cartoon cars going down one edge that are indestructible. So you have to uh, jump and then jump again on a on a sort of gravity switch card that changes which side of the level you're on. So you switch to the ceiling and then there's stuff there that you still have to destroy, otherwise you're going to get hurt. All the time you're supposed to be trying to progress, like you have to be moving forward whilst trying to destroy this stuff. Um, otherwise you're, you're not going to make any ground and you're going to be stuck there forever and then occasionally the cars swap sides so you have to oh, I'm going to have to swap down to the bottom side and then destroy some stuff and try and run forward uh, and, uh, that was difficult enough but then you get to a sort of wall made of mouths that's then spitting both the cars and lip bullets at you and you're supposed to be shooting the eye in the middle of it and that was tricky and then you got a bit further and then you start getting like star guns that are shooting in four directions whilst you're trying to get around them through the gravity. Oh, it's just super hard. But it all looks amazing. <laughs> like that art style and how it all animates and how it all uh, flows. It's, it's like it's a weird mix of like uh, the, the frame rate of the animation is like old school. So it's like 30 or less, something like that. The sort of janky look to it of old animation is there but all the objects in the world still move at a, foot, uh, 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 a sprightly 60 uh, I suppose to make it a bit easier to see what's going on <laughs> um, so there's, there's a little bit of like a, a weird disconnect there and something how some of it looks but but Dan uh, is a looker hmm. 
these things animate amazingly. Because um, so the other thing we tried was like a boss fight against like a clown, and uh, I think we did manage to get that eventually. We played it with playing in co-op with a random. And uh, we had to put it in simple mode. It gave you the option of, like, do you want to play the simple version or the regular version? And it's like, what are you trying to say, game? Are you trying to say we're simple? Because we are. Because we only just managed to scrape through the bloody simple mode. Yeah. Like, after several attempts. It's really, really hard. But a very, very good-looking game. Uh, and it finally comes out in, like, a couple of days. <laughs> Uh, also at the Xbox booth, I played something called Hunt Down. It seems to be like a retro 2D pixel art run and gun. A bit like Contra, I suppose, is the the, quick, the, the easiest comparison. Uh, yeah, you run around, you pick up guns, you've got health. Guns have limited ammo. You can duck behind cover. Mm -hmm. Seemed all right. Very retro. Did exactly what it said on the tin. Uh, let's get on to another biggie. The last thing we did at the Xbox booth. Sea of Thieves. Oh, I get played to play it all together. I played a half hour. Um, oh, what was it? I forget how many the there were. There was, I think it was twelve people demo. A half hour, twelve person demo, with three teams of four basically being put into the world, and. Uh, that game is a beautiful mess. <laughs> that is the only way to describe it. It is mad and manic, and I don't know how anyone will get anything done in it. Because <laughs> it's, well, admittedly, because I was playing with three other randoms, I wasn't playing with Kips and Jam on that one. Right, they right. got so they like, coordinated. Group. No, so but everyone had headsets, and everyone was, um, you know, they, there was a chat channel between your team, so it was it was it was well organized in that respect. And you know, one, the the you had a guide from Rare who who had the who had a headset on as well, and was was trying to describe some mechanics if we couldn't figure it out. But you know, the very first thing we did is like we raised the anchor, the boat started moving, it hit something, boat get boat gets a massive leak immediately. <laughs> Starts sinking. So we're like so we're like slowly floating out to sea in a sinking boat. And we're like, oh god, what do we do? Uh, right, so everyone has a bucket. So you start, we're, start, we're starting to bucket water out of the side of this boat. And then after a while, it's someone bailing. finds some wood and goes, oh, yeah, bailing. That's the word. Um, and, then, and then we find like, uh, we go underwater, and it's like, wait, wait, I know, I think we've got a definite leak down here. So someone has to go get some wood and then patch it up while the other players are like bailing water out. Meanwhile, like one of our other guys is just up on deck trying to figure out how to sail the boat. Like, oh, you, like where, where are we going? How are we doing this thing? And we're like all panicking. And one guy is just like, yeah, I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> and, and figured out where, uh, well, tries to figure out where we're going, which we sort, we sort of did in fairness. Um, so then we had to figure out how to actually get the sails down. You have to put the sails down and you have to angle them into the wind. And there's two sets of sails on the boat. So you probably need two people to go sort that out. Awesome. Um, uh, and, and then you, then you actually start sailing, and then you've probably got a bit of downtime. Hopefully, if all's all's good, um, so you can get your accordion out and start playing that, um, <laughs> which is funny in itself. Just have people yeah, yeah, standing around sure. going <laughs> <laughs> or drinking grog. There's a grog canister on the, on, under deck, so you can just like have have some beer in front of everyone. Um, Does that affect you um, in any way? Or? Yeah, you get a little bit a little bit wobbly. <laughs> nice. 
Um, it was at this point that we finally came across an island, but we couldn't figure out how to stop the boat properly, so we just rammed it into the island, <laughs> and then causing it to get a great many more leaks, which we had to sort out. Um, <laughs> well, and again, the captain just buggers off, just starts exploring <laughs> the island again. You guys got this, right? <laughs> just just starts wandering around the island, in which, unbeknownst to us, he then eventually finds a treasure chest after we've all sorted the boat out and have climbed onto the island and have all split up and got lost. Uh, so he's like, I've got a treasure chest. I'm coming back to the boat, and everyone's like, they're like, I can't, I can't see the boat. Where is the boat now? I don't know how to get to the boat. I'm lost. It's like you can see a pier, right? And I'm like, yeah, you were over that way. So I, so I get on the pier and I walk that way, and then and then I, then we discover that like the boat's moving. Why is the boat moving? Oh, that's not our boat. What? Turns out the other t- the other team was there as well. Ah. Uh, so then we end up into a, in a ridiculous fight between the two boats, uh, and us <laughs> trying to get to a boat that we can use for starters, and then trying to have a fight on the boat, which is really difficult as it turns out, because you're supposed to be like getting cannonballs and loading the cannons uh, to fire them, and then you fire them at the boats, and then they do quite a lot of damage per shot, stuff like that. Or you can just be like me and be like, um, I'm not anywhere near any of the boats, so I'm just going to swim towards this one and see if I can climb on board, which I did. Uh, and then and then immediately got killed <laughs> by someone with a blunderbuss just turned around and go bang. It's like, oh, all right. Uh, and then, then when everyone sort of reads, after a while, you go to like the, the ferry of the damned, which is basically like a holding area while you, um, it's like a, just a ghost boat. So you can't really see anything, but you're just sort of hanging about until the respawn timer basically runs out. And then you can, right. then you can boost back in and that'll take you back to the, 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 the your boat, basically. You'll just end up on your boat again. So I just end up spawning back in, and of course we're in the middle of a massive fight at that point <laughs> between the two boats. Everything's going very badly. Bang, bang, bang! Both boats sink. <laughs> it's like everybody dies. So you have, you have to then talk to the mermaid to be like, "Can I have another boat?" And it puts you somewhere <laughs> else on the map. Which we then immediately like, All right, like, let's get sailing again. Let's get sailing. and we immediately run into a nut into the same team again. Have another fight. Everybody dies. Both boats sink. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> <laughs> we found a treasure chest and lost it at sea. Basically, is is the is the entire plot of this story. Like, we got nothing done in, in a whole half hour of game time. This but it was a sounds, right laugh. Sounds great. <laughs> well, my problem, like, so my immediate concern with this is, like, is this all the game is? Right, right. Just just this madness constantly because we didn't actually get to an island. We didn't actually really have a fight with anything. We didn't actually really find anything of interest we didn't do anything with like the instructions on the card or, or anything we just sort of went to a thing found a thing found some people everybody died but it was yeah as i said it was a beautiful mess of a 30, 30 minute demo to the point where when it stopped no one, no one from every demo i've seen nobody wants to stop when that demo ends it's just like but but we, we didn't achieve anything. Well, that's probably why. <laughs> Not necessarily because they were so enthralled by the game. It's because they was like, what? We didn't even do anything. They were clearly not long enough because we didn't actually achieve any goals. I think if you played it with players and tried to be coordinated, you could actually get stuff done. But in the, in the, in, like when nobody knows what's going on and everyone just wants to dick about, it is, even that's a ridiculous amount of fun. There was a moment where I was watching Kips and Jeremy play and like Kips just, you know, stands in front of the helmsman playing mm. the accordion and the guy's just yeah. like, why is that guy's crotch in my face? Like, you know, classic. Classic killers with either. Yep. 
it's a pretty funny game. Kind of hype. Kind of hype. But not out until next year. But there will be a PC version. Yeah. So, so well, that'll be the one, right? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, that could be fun. Uh, yeah, and that was also demoed on regular Xboxes, not the X. So, it, you know, it was a solid 30 at all times. It didn't drop. Um, some good-looking water, has to be said. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. Ah, yeah, that was that was a great deal of fun. Enjoyed that a lot. Uh, speaking of stuff, I enjoyed a whole great deal. Let's talk about some VR stuff. Sweet. What's so going I play on quite in a, VR anyway? I, I, a couple, really... um, I would say a lot is moving on. Um, mm. There's like, uh, you know, PlayStation are obviously pushing a few more games than most people in VR. Yeah. Um, uh, so Kippers has played a bit of Bravo Team. Which uh, is super massive. That kind of generic ass looking military shooting. Yeah. And to all intents and purposes, that's pretty accurate. It is a generic military shooter, but because it's been done in VR with movement and things like that, it kind of held some level of. Ah, what's the word I'm looking for? It held Kip's interest anyway for the demo. Well, yeah, but that's the trouble. It's just like it's a VR experience, not necessarily an actual game. Well, you know, you had you had freedom of movement like, to some degree. Like you would be like, there's a place you can go to, or a cover point you can go to. Press a button, and it'll take you there. Yeah, but it's um, just like you've done that once, and then you know, that's it. <laughs> but but you know, but, well, well, I mean, I gave, gave you gave you options to move around because it's like competitive, right? It's like there's, or at least they will have a competitive element in the final version. But yeah, that still doesn't make it a big game in any way. No, I guess not. It's it's hard to tell what that will be, but you know. The, the, they were playing with the gun attachment thing that they had in Farpoint, I think it was. And that feels pretty good, apparently. Um, uh, he also played uh, GT Sport with VR. Um, uh, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, so the visuals take a bit of a downgrade in the VR mode. Um, but he wasn't expecting to have a bit of VR sickness as a result of driving a car. But you right. you still ex- you still expect the G forces as it turns out. Yeah. Okay. And and so it feels a bit weird um, doing doing driving games in VR, which I'm yet to still do. I still haven't done that. Um, uh, what I ended up doing was I played Super Hot VR on a PSVR. Hot. So admittedly not a new game, but but it was my first. I've never played Super Hot or Super Hot VR, and I hadn't written. I've only really played PSVR for Battle Zones. So I hadn't used the Move controllers um, mm-hmm. in VR. Um, so the good news is that Super Hot VR is rad. Yeah, like okay. it's really fun. I mean, Super like, Hot is really awesome. Pretty hard, in fairness. Yeah, um, you'd think it'd be and, easy if you if you don't move everything. Yeah, this, but no. It turns out, yeah, you're getting so you're getting so rushed that it's actually pretty tricky. Like the game is like the the, the demo at least was split into like a series of thing, a series of rooms, and you had to do the entire sequence. If you died, then you went back to the start of the sequence and had to do the lot again, which then actually made like highlights just how difficult getting each sequence is right because you'd have a nice, you'd have a good run, and then the next time some you'd just have a really bad run for some reason, like you'd miss throw something, and it's like, oh god, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> I did find like throwing items was really quite difficult in the VR thing because you're supposed to hold the top button on the move controller and then thrust your hand towards and release at the right time. But it never felt it felt really difficult to get it to actually go in the direction you wanted. Right. Like I'm not I'm not quite throwing it at that guy. 
Or, although I did have a couple of moments where I tried to throw an ashtray at a guy and it, the, like, and it stopped a bullet in the air, which was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I just threw an ashtray and stopped a bullet. That's cool. Um, and the punching mechanics for me didn't work so great. As in, like, the detection of whether you were actually punching a guy in the face sometimes didn't feel like it had worked. Like, I felt my hand was just going through them on occasion. Right. And maybe that's just me not learning the right action to make it detect that that was a thing. Um, so that was the, some of the weekends. But, the, the, the you know, picking up a gun out of the air, then turning to a guy, shooting him in the face, shooting his mate in the face with a gun from the in the other hand, and then throwing the guns aside to each, either side of you like a badass. That feels really good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That feels really good. Um. What I will say is that at least in that setting, the PSVR tracking was a bit crappy, especially on the move controllers. The headset was fine, but the move controllers occasionally didn't go where it felt like they should be going. So limitations of PSVR, at least in a demo setting, they didn't didn't seem right. That so it good. wasn't the VR itself; it was the motion stuff. Yeah. So the, the headset seemed fine. Hmm. Um. And I've used PSVR before, so it has you know it's, it's not massively high res, and all, all all those usual stuff applies. But you know the tracking was of the headset was 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 fine. It's running on two different systems, isn't it? Because the headset's internal, and the move controllers is the camera. Well, they're both they're both sort of camera driven. That's why the headset has all those blue lights on it. Mm, yeah, I guess, but not quite in the same way. Move controller is just like one big. Ball. Yeah, so the move controllers rely a lot more on the internal accelerometers to get their positioning and stuff like that. But I felt like it was the ball that was being lost. Hmm. Like so, like well, the, there there were moments where did lose it. Like you moved your hand in a specific way that obscured it. Yeah. So I, I figured out at one point that so you can actually duck down in Superhot behind like a couch or something. At one point, it's like, oh no, actually this is really useful. I can duck down, grab an item, and then pop up to throw it um, at the right time. And uh, so that, uh, that was cool. But then. But then I ducked down a couple of times and my hand would stay floating in the sky where I just was. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure my hand's not up there. Mm. <laughs> and like, and I, like, I can't grab this thing in front of me because it now thinks my hand is 10 foot tall. <laughs> so that was a bit weird. So I imagine playing Superhot VR on a proper kit, like an Oculus or a, or a Vive, must be really awesome. So anyway, that's, that's not really news. That's a game that's been out for a while. It's cool though. Um, to, it is news to have experienced it in like VR and stuff. Yeah, well. yeah, it's neat. It makes me want to try it on a proper kit for sure. Like they say a proper kit. PSVR is a proper kit, but you know, like a like a Rift. Yeah, um, yeah. Something with better hand tracking. Um, so the other thing I did several times, and might be the most fun thing I played at all of e, all of EGX. Was called Shooty Fruity. Okay. And it's an Oculus Rift. Uh, well, it's a, VR, it's a VR shooting gallery, effectively, um, that's being developed for all of the VR headsets, including PSVR um, and the Rift. I was, pl- I was playing on a Rift. So this was my first time using one of the, I guess, the, 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 the top spec VR headsets. Mm. And boy, is the jump in quality noticeable. Like what, it really compared is to, compared, compared to, to the PSVR. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the resolution jump is super noticeable, and um, and the fidelity of those Oculus Touch controllers, like that's 
I don't know how that can get much better. It was really, really good. Um, I've not tried the so anyway, touch. I really want to. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the fidelity of the movement was just spot on. I didn't feel anything wrong with that at all at any point. The only problem I sort of have with all of the PS, all of the headsets is my need to wear glasses. Right. Because um, weirdly, even though that thing, I thought I'd be fine without them. Like, so that thing's right in front of my face, right? And I thought, like, oh, well, I don't have a, I have a, I don't have a focal distance problem when things are right that far in front of my head. Mm. But weirdly, my eyes have the same problem focusing on stuff in the distance um, in the headset, as in it's not a focal problem for me. It's like a double vision problem because right. of my stupid eyes. I have this exact same problem in VR that I do in real life. Um, so I have to wear my glasses, but then if I wear my glasses, then you get quite a lot of glare from the brightness of the screen sort of bouncing around the lens, I suppose. Mm. Um, and they fog up quite a bit for a while. So I, I don't think there's particularly an ideal for, way for me to have a VR headset at the moment, unless I went contact, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit so of a no. shame. So they, don't, they definitely don't fit inside like... A, well, they, they, they did. They, they they fit incredibly snugly, in fact, to the point where when I took the Rift headset off, the glasses were still there. Like they just were just right in place. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like so, they they fit, but like only just. Um. So yeah, that's a bit of a bummer for me, I suppose. Um, but you know, you get over it, you get through it, and playing the game. And like again, it's one of those games I just did not want to stop playing because um, it's so stupid. You're basically a checkout clerk. Like so, you have to beat food across right. uh, a scanner, and that builds up a um, a meter um, below you that that leads to you getting better and better guns. So you're shooting attacking fruit that are coming towards your checkout with guns that are travelling along a conveyor belt above your head. So you have to grab them off this conveyor belt and then shoot the thing. Then they run out of ammo, get rid of them, and then like hope another gun comes around whilst you're scanning checkout food. Um, to to unlock better guns as as the waves get more and more intense, and it's a whole lot of fun. It's so stupid, <laughs> but <laughs> how'd they come up with that? I guess it's the classic thing, right? It's like, how do we make a shooting gallery more interesting? We'll make you do something else at the same time, right? And it totally works. Totally, totally works. Uh. I don't think I've I've had a um, what's the word a more convincing argument that VR is a thing than and, this. Yeah, I don't know. I I even though I played super hot, this was the most fun I've had. But like again, it's just like a tiny tiny thing. I know. It's like, I it's know not it's, like an yeah. actual game. I know what you. I know exactly what you mean. It is super diddy and it does its thing, but it does its thing so well. <laughs> Like the thing I've had the most fun in VR was was one of the mini games in the Valve thing, you know, the cross the um oh yeah parrot the, the one with the archery thing archery one yeah and of course there's nothing to that but I mean that was great so it's the same thing Zag yeah it's kind of annoying the best things are like not are super tiny yeah although you could consider super hot like just one gimmick that's made into a decent game so well, sure but even that's like short even, yeah. like, even you, the vr version is less than the actual normal version which is short in itself yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but maybe the best games are for vr will be like that you know like res or whatever you know well, where yeah. they're just well, short bit, games 
a bit of me wonders if they could do more with sort of VR, not necessarily in an AR sense, but you know, so you're like you're looking at a physical something in the like in the world, and you're just being so. Uh, What's it? I think Jamie played something called Moss, which I think we've seen a little bit the of thing that they showed at E3 with the mouse. Yeah, yeah. So you, that's in VR, but it's not really a VR game. Well, that's it's what a bit... we said at the time. Where it's like, yeah, it's really just a, a way for you to have a top-down perspective on a absolutely. World. Yeah, but that it. She honestly came away with it, really loving it. It's like, like in the sense that I don't think that she, there was anything mechanically astounding about that game, but the VR element made it something special. Like just being able to look around the world as if you were observing it made a whole lot of difference. Well, I think like so. I wonder if that's what happened to why Lucky's Tale is weirdly being revisited, even though it's not being revisited in VR. Like, mm. did Lucky's Tale, is that, because that's the same thing, right? That was like a VR thing where you just played from a perspective and not yeah. really VR. Logically, the, the what should be the like best game for VR, or best type of game for VR, will be stuff like The Room and that kind of thing. Yeah. Just like a big puzzle that's just one thing that's in that is in a physical space that you just have a lot of things you can poke at. Yeah, a lot of things to <laughs> a lot of things to manipulate. And I don't think that's been done yet, has it really? Like a like a game of like that. Like I'm not not to sure the complex... it's been done, but not that. What know, a game where com- where you're like in a room trying to work out puzzles. Yeah. Like room like, scale. They yeah, did that. The Rick and Morty games like that, isn't it? Virtual well, locality. I mean, I guess you could really you could consider like all of those kind of like job simulator and stuff. It, like theoretically, those are just basically puzzles. I guess <laughs> just yeah. in, in the environment you're in. But maybe maybe nothing's done it as intricately and as impressively as like as you say, like Room. Was was, was it, it was called the Room, wasn't yeah. it? On on iOS, did for that. Here's a box. Break the box down thing that would be yeah you're right it would be super ideal for a vr game but then i suppose the, you've got the don't talk or everyone explodes which is sort of that that's not what it's called but there's <laughs> yeah, don't talk <laughs> don't talk and nobody explodes would be the opposite yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but what, what is it like put on the headset and sit there in silence and say no one dies but is it, it's just talk keep or everyone talking. Expl- keep talking that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't talk or everyone explains but even that doesn't like that doesn't have to be a VR game in any way either you could just have like if we were doing it here the people read the manual be sitting this way and you'd be sitting in your PC which is facing in the complete opposite direction <laughs> yeah but you're, 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 you're in theory not allowed to see the see my screen are you? well that's what I'm saying but, it wouldn't be if you were sitting here like this, because unless yeah, yeah. you deliberately looked over there, that's not the direction you're looking. <laughs> but then, like, yeah, I guess I guess the VR element makes that impossible, right? Because you could turn yeah, the monitor exactly. off. And... But it doesn't necessarily have to be VR. Hmm. I mean, manipulating the bomb in the VR environment is partially, but even then, that's not really that advanced. It's yeah. like you turn it over and you push the buttons, but I guess that's not even motion controlled, really. Yeah, you're yeah. just selecting a, a button and hitting a button. I would like to try that though. Like, keep talking with, in a, in a proper setting with the VR stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that would be be neat. Um. Uh. Yes, yeah, so that was my VR adventures for for this time. Mm-hmm. Like, as, I, as I said, I, it's kind of sold me on on the high spec VR stuff. It's really good. You, 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 but you're right. There needs to be some convincing content. Um. 
Ah, oh, God, what else? There's so much stuff. Um, I think I've got the bulk of the, the main things I want to talk about out of the way. I mean, I played some 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 indie stuff, um, uh, like Tired, which is a ridiculous in-development party game that is very much they're just experimenting with your wheel. It rolls around. There's four of you. What games can we make out of this? Okay. How about a form of beer pong where you have to jump your wobbly tyre into cups a long way away? Or how about like a battle royale where everyone's on a on a destroying platform and push each other off Mario Party style? Or what if we do a game where there's like a pole in the middle and you have to try and loop your tyre over it whilst trying to stop the other players from doing so? It's very experimental. Um, clearly very early. Um, but the developers were having a whale of a time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> clearly. Um, so yeah, that was, it was kind of fun just to feed off their enthusiasm um, more than anything uh, what else did we see uh, Apex Racing is worth mentioning just because I really like the idea of what they're doing mm. um, so imagine if the style of virtual racing had never gone away that sort of low poly no texture yeah. look yeah. the, old, the old Sega arcade the sort look the AM2 look or... yeah so Apex Racing is that. Oh, amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing idea. And they nail the look. Absolutely. Shame it handles like garbage. Oh. And like, I really didn't like how that game felt to play. And like, it, like, it seems like if you're playing like the... the uh, it wasn't made clear on the demo, but like there were hard cars and easy cars. And if you play a hard car, like, it just spins out every time you try and take a turn. And if it spins out and you're traveling at speed, then you crash. And you crash for ages before it puts you back on the track. So it was, um, I like some. Uh, there's an element to it that I think they perhaps haven't nailed in that the, the, all the cars are very slidey. Like so you don't just turn around a corner; you're like permanently drifting. Right. And I think you could make a game of that. Like you, I think you could make an interesting racing game where you like you, you, you like you're just you're just drifting the entire time around Constant every turn. Drifty. Yeah. yeah, and it's about managing drift and stuff like that. And it's that could be really interesting. I think it would fit this style really well. But I, yeah, they, I don't think they landed it, unfortunately. Damn it, so we'll, we'll see how that comes out. I think that's a while away, development-wise. So there's still time for them to fix that up. Uh, but I really love the idea. Yeah, the art style. Genius. Yeah, the, the, the look and the, even the sound... How it's, it sounds a bit crappy as well, like intentionally. You can tell that's like they're, they're like they're using sort of some lo-fi sounds in places, and you know they're trying to do what the old um, model model one games did, which was like we 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 don't really have texture effects here. We've got to model everything in polygon somehow. Yeah, like even the smoke and stuff, like it's like it's just like a big sort of diamond that appears out the back of things. Um. Uh, and then one of the devs came up and basically, basically, I basically said to him, "Was like, yeah, I love the style." It's like he's like, "Hey, did you know there's actually more detail on these cars than there was in the original Gran Turismo?" And I'm like, "Get out of town!" <laughs> it's just, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> Maybe there's actually more polys on these. I don't know. To be fair, Gran Turismo was a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> sure. They probably weren't that great high poly. <laughs> no, probably not. They probably masked it with textures. <laughs> they just, yeah, suppose. they just had textures over it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of fun. Um, Octahedron 
made its return. Uh, we last talked about that back in 2014, I think, where I saw it at the Left Field Collection. How's uh, it doing? It's nearly out. <laughs> and it seems like basically the same game I played then, but it's now got a whole lot more levels and stuff built into it. And it's uh, uh, it's basically a sort of like a puzzle platformer where the gimmick is you create platforms under your feet uh, to hover for a bit. Um uh, and then there's stuff where you know you can use the platforms to, uh, as you're walking on them, to sort of damage things or protect you from things um, uh, that will jump up from the floor and stuff like that. It's very neon. It's it strays away from using words as much as possible, um, and it has a nice thumping techno-y soundtrack. Techno, techno, I, I really lo- I loved the vibe when I first played it, but that vibe has only just been sort of like just enhanced and enhanced. And it's like I, re- I really like the feel of that game. Um, yeah, it's a nice world to put a head- set of headphones in and just sit really close to a screen to play. It's a good demo game, actually. It, it works really well on the show floor. Uh, yeah, so that's that's coming out soon. It's finally back. Um. What else did I play? Uh, a very early development version of something called Yatakan, or uh, it's either Yatakan or Yakutan. Yucatan, as in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. That would make a lot of sense, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> given that this game appears to be about Mexican skulls telling you to drive a neon car in space. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's where Yakutan falls apart a little bit. Right, but, okay. Uh, so it's like... um. Uh, a challenge, a racing challenge game where there's like you're, you're driving your car and you've got to go through these 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 obstacle courses to try and get to the end before the time runs out. But it's sort of there's gravity near the track, but if you fly away from the track, like or take a jump, there's no gravity at all. And then a bit like the San Francisco Rush 2097 or whatever, it's 2049 or something. 2049, you have, yeah. You have um. Uh, you don't have air control, but you can twist yourself in the air to try and land on the track. So that means you could actually take off from a bit of track, and then the other, the next bit of track is actually on the ceiling. So you've got to twist around ready to land on it. And although it was very early, and it's very much um, work in progress, and he's t- just toying with ideas at the moment, uh, that he it had a real interesting the neon Mexican style with punk rock music. None of those elements feel like they should go together. No, no. it's quite a, a but it, but it kind of worked. I, I kind of dug it. But yeah, very early. It'd be nice to see where that goes. Um, yeah, that was that was a fun time. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty more. I like forgotten Al, uh, forgotten Anne or forgotten Alice or something was there, which is a game that a friend of the show Eddie has told me about. It's sort of an anime narrative game. Um. I played a bit of Lego Ninjago, which is a Lego game. Standard. Yeah, pretty much. Although they seem to be nicking the animation style from the movies a little well, bit. Well, there's a Ninjago yeah. movie, isn't there? Yeah, so, so it's, well, yeah, it, it's that. Movie. It's the Ninjago movie video game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're nicking that sort of janky art, that like stop motion animation style, mm. which which is which is neat. Uh, yeah. That might be it, because we did. We specifically didn't do Call of Duty this year because they've <laughs> already had the beta and stuff like that. So and I, and I, yeah, 
And while I, I'm interested in that game and I didn't play the beta, um, uh, I don't want to go in one of those queues. The, no. the Call of Duty queue is insane. Um, and in fairness, when we first started queuing for Sea of Thieves, an Xbox employee came up to us and was like, do you realize this is about a five-hour queue? And we're like, what? For Sea of really? Thieves? Well, it's because the demo was really long. It was like a half hour. They can oh, only right. do 12 people every half hour. Right. So, so what looks like a not too bad queue was actually ridiculous. Right. Um, so we came back later when we did that. Okay. <laughs> when it wasn't so, we snuck in at the end of the day and they were like, yeah, you, could you sneak a few more people in? And they were like, yeah. Yeah, go on. Go on. Oh, it sounded like that was a, a highlight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, I, came, I came away more interested in that game than I was going in. And Rare's got to do something good at some point, right? Yeah, it's been a long time that since we've had something that wasn't a Connect game. Yeah. Because obviously the last thing they put out was that new Connect Sports, wasn't it? I think. I don't yeah. think they've done anything since then. Apart from so now we have Rare Replay, I suppose. Oh yeah, I get that doesn't really count, I suppose. No. I guess they put it together. Uh, yeah, so a fun, a fun time was had. Oh, yeah, there were some other indie games like Jalopy as well. and Oh, Block Ships. Block Ships is worth mentioning. That was good fun. Um, it's a four-player couch competitive game uh, set in 2D space, but you're a square to begin with, and you have to protect your core. So you start as a core, but there are blocks floating around that are bits of ship. And you can attach them to your ship, but they sort of attach in square formation and the orientation that they attach. So say you pick up a gun piece and it's facing upwards and where it attaches to you, that gun piece has to always face upwards. You can't rotate. So you're, you're, you've built a ship that can fire upwards and it's like, okay, now I need to maneuver myself to be able to shoot upwards to, to destroy enemy pieces and eventually their core. But there are other bits where you can just that are just bits, that are just a square block. So you can use that as either shielding or as a ramming device. <laughs> or and there are other. But if you pick up too many blocks, then you run your ship runs out of power and you don't really move. So you have to eject to pieces to try and speed yourself up again. Otherwise, you're a sitting duck. Um, and all of this is happening on the fly with four players all at once, trying to build ships and then trying to destroy each other with the pieces and. Uh, at least there's some very f- hilarious moments where it's like, oh god, I've got a gun that I accidentally built a ship with a gun that faced my core, so I fired it and blew myself up. Uh, <laughs> so that ha- that can happen. Um, uh, you can you can um, it, it like you can't really push the blocks to get the, the, them in the orientation you want, so you're kind of stuck with what's a, what's floating about beside you. So the, there can be some fun where it's like, oh god, I can't make the gun face the right way, so I can't shoot back. Uh, Oh, but there's a there's a block I could just put on the front of my ship. Ramming speed, <laughs> and I won a few rounds doing that, just running into people. Um, it's yeah, it's a it's a fun little game. Um, worth checking out if you're into your sort of couch competitive madness. I'm gonna stop talking. That was EGX. EGX. I played a lot. Of, I played a lot of stuff. It was good. Cool. Uh, well, that substitutes for our news section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sounds like there's some really cool stuff coming up. Can't wait to play Mario personally, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was definitely yeah. In terms of like sheer quality, Mario is right, yeah. right up there. Okay, 
So now we have 15 minutes for the rest of the podcast. No. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Uh, well, Was check out the time. I've got notice it's quarter to ten. No, I did right. not. Right, Seg, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a bunch of new stuff, which is helpful for those 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, I guess we just mentioned, even though we don't have time to, just to finish the story on the podcast, that the Rocket League giant bomb community tournament that final happened and we won so hey! good times winner yeah. what's the prize what do you get well that's completely unknown apparently okay. apparently both teams might get like subscription time for giant bomb so oh, that's, cool. that's nice but apparently maybe we might be getting some kind of physical something depending on whether they can ship it yeah whether addresses can Europe. get yeah. sorted out and that kind of stuff given that you're a European team yeah, yeah. Exactly. so we'll see about that May or may not have them. Don't actually know. Was it close? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. We had a bad first game where we lost, yeah. but then it was just like we won all the other ones. And I got a hat trick in the last game. So good. Nice. Good times. <laughs> I, yeah. I played the laggiest Rocket League match I've ever played at EGX. <laughs> Somehow. And it was on two machines that were right next to each other. It was a real bad lap. It was the worst. <laughs> It was it was absolutely the worst. It became a game not of skill of lag management. Yep. Apparently, which Kips and I are very good at. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> or at least a lot better than the other two people were that we played against. Yes, definitely a skill. <laughs> was there any effect from the Europe lag in the final? No, it was. We we did practice slightly beforehand on American servers to slightly get used, even though we only got like two games of practicing on American servers because everyone was getting ready, had to go and eat food and <laughs> other things. Mm. Mm. But yeah, we did practice a little bit on the American servers, but it wasn't too bad. And it's not that bad once you actually get used to it in Rocket League. I don't. I think Rocket League does a pretty good job of surviving relatively high pings or what you'd think of as high pings. Like, even getting yeah. up to 100, it's somehow still totally manageable. Ping doesn't seem to be the problem in Rocket League. It's like, it's just spikes. Yeah. Like, it's a sudden stutter. Well, it's when it actually rewinds, essentially. If, yeah. it, if it lags enough that it repositions you, that's really jarring. Yeah, it's the worst. Because you could be somewhere you don't expect at an angle you don't expect with the momentum you just had. Yeah. It's, it's super weird. Yeah, so there's that. We got that done finally. That's <laughs> we, we video is posted, embedded on our site. In yeah. case you didn't see it, whenever. I might have to watch that. Because <laughs> I had comment, no idea that it happened. With commentary from some American guy who doesn't play Rocket League, apparently. Well, he plays or, Rocket League. Oh, all right. But not that much. Yeah. The community manager of Giant Bomb. And oh, also, it's not, it is. Right. not exactly commentary either i mean he wasn't no. intending to actually make this a commentary thing no just like i'm going to be streaming this and talking <laughs> and talking. talking yeah he did a bit of commenting yeah he occasionally comments on things what's that guy's name again rory rory yeah so yeah there's that uh oh the, the only thing the only thing that i wish that was different about because twitch nowadays archives the chat stream so it saves what was happening in the chat at the time of the video right but the giant bomb chat doesn't didn't well, i mean obviously they don't archive no, they their don't chat do that. no 
that I was just like, I wish I could have gone back and see what the chat said. Because like that, that would have been interesting to mm. see uh, uh, people actually commenting on what was happening in the yeah, game. Yeah. If they were commenting on what was happening in the game. Well, I think sometimes they were. Because yeah. I, I had the window open, but the Giant Bomb chat also doesn't... It only retains so long. Like, it doesn't retain everything. Mm. So I had the last, like, few pages of the chat right yeah when we were winning at the end it's like oh <laughs> someone someone definitely said go team zeg and i was like well yeah that would be when i scored that hat trick i guess because <laughs> that was pretty much just me <laughs> <laughs> nice you the only guy in a van <laughs> scoring yep. a hat trick Some, someone also commented about the van with like merc shots it's like well yeah i guess <laughs> you use the van that's what you do the other team were quite coordinated in their cars. I mean, they were all using the Octane, the the, the, the actual... Standard. Yeah, the yeah. standard professional-grade Rocket League car. But they also, because their team was called Do You Have a Waffle, they also have, all had the waffle antenna. Yeah, nice. I was nice. like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. If only we'd planned, we could have done something that fancy on our team, I guess. Yeah, I don't think there's a Nintendo symbol. <laughs> no, <laughs> would have quite worked. They probably no, thought of you... that name with that intention. Unless you bought than... the Switch version. Well, yeah, they've announced that now. The Marilegian and Metroid cars. Mm. Yeah, obviously the Metroid one is the only one that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Marilegian ones are just like generic ass paint jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's Rocket League. Um, yeah, I've almost forgot why. Okay, we got like the goddamn ton of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't even talked about near. No. But you're still not really done with that, I guess. I'm not done with it. So you still the, have more chance to talk about it. The only thing I want to say is that playthrough C, which is what I'm now it's on, to three. is batshit. Okay. <laughs> like, the whole world changes. <laughs> well, that's and, good, I guess, because well, you've already been free in like Well, I, I say the world the world changes. Like, the, what's happening in the world, you're still sitting there play, playing in the same areas. But the whole concept of what the story is and was and where it's going is totally different now. A big thing happens. A very dramatic big thing happens at the start of that playthrough. To the point where they're, they're, they're so bold that they put the credits and a title card on screen as part of your third playthrough. It right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they did that like more times after this. Yeah. Because, you know, the old credits fake out style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. But it's... It's properly well done, has to be said. Like that, just how you get into that situation and how it pans out and what's happening now is really interesting. And the you know some of the subtle stuff I was talking about before becomes quite unsubtle <laughs> towards the end of playthrough two. Um, uh, I have no idea where that game's going. I have, I have zero like my all my preconceptions of that narrative are gone. I do not know how this is going to end. Well, that, I mean, that's theoretically good, but it also might just be where it's just like, why was it like this at the start? <laughs> I like, guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why did I play through 15 hours of, 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 of this kind of boring story. segment? Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, like, what, so I played about 40 minutes of Astroneer. I really want oh, right, to play yeah. that with someone, and I bought it specifically with someone else to play it with them. But then, like, that just hasn't happened. Okay. But I was like, I really want. I just so I had. I just ended up going in there by myself. But I was like, I'm going to restrain myself from actually playing it. Mm. I just went in there maybe to see, you know, because it's still in early access and everything. And I was like, 
how buggy does this look just from quickly jumping in there? Does it look like it's going to be a problem? It's like, well, it looks more solid than I thought it would. Mm. <laughs> like, it seems like a functional... But then again, that's like... As soon as you put a game into a multiplayer environment, that's where you find out how... Fu- it's like Space Engineers. Space Engineers, you play that single player, perfectly fine. Play that multiplayer, completely fucked. <laughs> oh, really? Because <laughs> the lag compensation and stuff from dealing with multiple people, dealing with the physics engine is just really difficult for Space Engineers, which mm. is why it just has never really worked that well. Right. And the multiplayer... It's kind of, doesn't it kind of sell itself as being that? Well... Kinda mm. depends on how you want to play it, I guess. Okay, well, especially for like creative. So, how different is this from Space Engineers? Because uh, it's got the same name. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it's pretty different. It's more like um, I don't know what game it is exactly like. It's more like a sort of survival base building type thing, I guess. Mm. I mean, Space Engineers is that as well, I suppose. <laughs> but it's, it's less. I guess I'd say less freeform than Space Engineers because you're more like just plopping down base modules and then those modules do things which like here's the refinery module and then you just collect resources and shove it in there and it turns it into other resources. Mm. And you know, it's so early access that there's not really any real structure to it. It's just like here's the stuff you can do and you just progress through that in a, in a one after the other kind of order. Mm. So there's not really any real goals or real strategy to the progress or anything. It's just like, can you find the resources that you need? <laughs> so you have to go off and explore. But yeah, didn't really do much of that. All right. So, so I, come on there. And I, I also, it like, there's suggestions that maybe it's bigger than I thought it was as well. Because I was like, it doesn't, it didn't seem like there was much in it. Like I was like, oh yeah, this is, you get this and then you get this and then you get this. It's like, I didn't get them all, and I was like, well, that seems like a logical progression, but supposedly, because I mean, for a start, there's like five planets that you can go to, so like, so obviously you have to progress up the tech, tech, tech tree far enough to get the ability to actually launch back into space, mm. and that seems like that's quite deep in what what tech tree there is, but then like, is this in, still in an early access enough point that, like, what is the point of launching down the planet? Right, yeah. Is there any actual reason for it, or is it just a cool thing it, that you can do? Is it a way to say, let's do this again in a different place? <laughs> or, like, will there be... More content. Yeah, yeah, will there be something to do at some point in the mm. future? Don't really know. Does it at that point t- turn into No Man's Sky? <laughs> well, man, those No Man's Sky patches. I keep thinking about going back to play that, but that'll be something that might happen yet. at some point. Right, yeah. It's too much on at the moment. Yeah. Too much on. Uh, another thing that I didn't play for very long, I guess, because you can't really, and it's not really that much of a game. <laughs> so when I was on the Factorio forums, reading forum threads, mm. and someone mentioned a stupid game on the internet, it's a web game, called Factory Idol, which is basically Factorio <laughs> only stripped down to be like a shitty idol game. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is kind of funny. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. You have like production buildings and then you run conveyor belts between them and you have to ship the products out of them mm. <laughs> to make money and then because it's an idle game it's one of those things where it's like at the start you're making like two quid per tick and then it's just like <laughs> the next factory up costs a billion and then you're just like multiplying right. the ridiculous amount of money you're making by making more complicated products mm. it's one of those classic things make but, the numbers go up but it's not exactly i think it's intentionally made to be more more of an actually idle game where like you can't really 
just mainline it as fast as you want. You actually do have to like leave it. And it has a system where like when when you close the web browser or whatever, it just basically gives you like time acceleration when you come back. So it's like oh, okay. when right. you come back, you just hit a button and it just runs everything super fast for as long as you were away. No, oh, nice. <laughs> so you could like catch up with how long you were away okay. without necessarily. And that also means you can like bank time essentially. Hmm. Like if you come up with a new idea or something and you like, you, I, you, oh, I see. you don't so you waste can, your time. So you can, so you can build it with the money you had and then use your, um, the time you were not playing it just to say, okay, now run this thing. Yeah. That's kind of a neat idea. Yeah, for, for an idle game, that's a mechanic, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, I feel like I'm kind of hitting a wall with as far of it as I've got, where it's like I need a billion to unlock the next thing that I want, mm. and it's like I'm, I'm only at like three hundred million, and it takes like several hours to make another hundred million. And I'm like, have I just not optimized this well enough, or is this like literally just a speed bump I have to get through? Mm. Is there something I could do to make this make me more money quicker? <laughs> yeah, is there stuff you could be clicking? <laughs> well, not yeah. You don't really click. It's not a clicker. Like you just build the factory and then it just goes. <laughs> okay. Mm. More and, then, or less. and then there's a real time element just to Yeah. That's all so it's idle in the time sense, yeah. not in the clicker sense. No. Which is weird to think that a clicker game would be an idle game, because it's not really. Uh, Except okay. it is, because you you make things that do the clicking for you in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. It's a whole conceptual problem with that uh, whole idea. So that um Okay, so there's two main things, one of which was a demo, which I showed Rob earlier. I played the demo of Project Octopath Traveler, as it's called, apparently. May or may not retain the project thing when it actually comes out. Who knows whether that's just their project name project. I bet they just drop the project and it just comes out called Octopath Traveler. Yes. It was a thing that we saw briefly at E3 and we're like, what the hell even is that? Because it flashed by so fast. Yeah. Uh, it's it's well the main thing that I saw like came to realise as soon as I saw any of it I guess because it popped up in the Switch news feed which is basically how I'm finding out about new stuff on the Switch mm. <laughs> helpfully Nintendo are posting because I guess because not much is actually coming out every time that something comes out it gets posted in the news feed and you're like oh what was that <laughs> all these Neo Geo games I don't care about well never mind skip those and look at this so I, so I looked at the news post for Artifact Traveler and, it's, and it says in there it's like oh it's by some of the people who made Bravely Default and I was like oh okay that makes sense and then when I actually got to look at the game it's like oh now it really makes sense because the title screen looks exactly like Bravely Default it has exactly the same white text on a black background with lines <laughs> yeah the sort, of, the sort of same similar font as well, well I'm and... pretty sure it's probably exactly the same font yeah <laughs> I was like oh yeah this definitely is made by the Bravely Default people and then you actually play it and it's like oh this literally is made by the Bravely Default people because it pretty much has the Bravely Default system <laughs> yeah look at the, the Brave and Default combat engine is except not quite it's like it's it's actually kind of a simpler version because yeah. you can't well you can't spend into the negative like you can in Brave Default. Mm. You can't like over over burn your points. You can only use as many as you have, and like it doesn't. It well from the combat that you have in the demo, it seems like it's not going to put as much focus on defense as Brave Default does. Right. So you're, you're not, you, you reckon you're just going to be attack as best you can? Yeah. There's not. It's not so adv- advantageous, I guess. I'd say as Brave Default to actually hold, mm. hold back and then build up the points. Because it seems like in this game the the critical factor is the like armor breaking. 
you use the specific weakness of the enemy to break down their armor and then they become vulnerable for a turn and then that's where you do major damage so it's like it seems like you actually want to be attacking a lot more to you sort of want to chip all the enemies down towards the breakpoint as fast as possible so they can't attack you as much and then you break them and then you do one big attack so you do kind of want to save points to some extent to get make that one big attack as big as possible but you also don't want to waste time sitting there taking damage. Also because defending doesn't seem to actually do much defense. No, right. <laughs> Not as much as I'd like. You don't actually gain that much of a like a bonus to the health you know damage reduction. No. Although interestingly, it does seem like you can maybe use the the boost on your defense. Like you oh, can enhance your defense with boost points, but that seems like yeah. the exact opposite of why you, <laughs> of yeah, what why you, you want would to defend, do. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's, want... unless it's for like the, you know, the classic boss enemies where it's like they wind up for an attack and you're like, okay, so the next turn here comes the big attack. Yeah, I better burn some boost on, <laughs> otherwise I'm all going to die. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so basically it, it looks kind of like Final Fantasy VI style sprites, but in a 3D world with crazy lighting engine. <laughs> yeah, which I have to admit, it's super stylish looking. Yeah. It's really cool seeing it in action. Like with the, the the sort of mist that hangs over it all as well is really nicely done. Like it's it's that FF six color palette as well. Like the SNES version of FF six, I have to point out, not the crappy remake. No, yeah. Um, uh, or, or the, even the PlayStation version is fine. That sort of sort of sort of those sort of browns. Yes. And 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 rock looks, but with yeah, as I say, with this really nice lighting engine and depth of field effect. It actually sometimes like. At the start, when you're in the dude's house, and there's a bit of it, shows, shows like you can see slightly outside the house, and there's a bit of grass and stuff. Mm. I was like, it looks very much like how Minecraft looks with those height with like the mods that give it the weird HDR. And what well, what will be the official oh, well, the fancy s- texture pack thing? That what what did they call it? The, the, the good looking update, or yeah, something. whatever yeah. they called it. It looks a lot like that, <laughs> that way that Minecraft looks with them when they added fancy lighting and fog and stuff to it. Mm. Has that same kind of weird look, but yeah, it looks really awesome. It's really nice. It's, all, it's also Unreal Engine Four, and I was like, "Oh, it was really... the first game that I've seen running that on the Switch." Yeah, oh, Snake Pass runs at U, U Engine Four. Well, I guess the first yeah, time yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then I was also like, this demo is makes it hard for me to tell how big this game is going to be, and that's my one suspicion about it. Because I mean, there's eight characters. And apparently you can play any of the eight characters and build a party of up to four of the other characters. So you can just go around and recruit the other characters into your team. Mm. So there's going to be like eight stories, presumably, because that seems to be the way it's laid out. But there's no real indication in the demo of like how big the world might be. Like it's hard to get a feel because like the two map sections that are in the demo it shows you a part of a map and you can't really access the actual map and that part of a map looks like it's designed as though it was a whole map except it's clearly not big enough for there to be like six other characters. I don't know, yeah, definitely not on the bit you can see. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it's really hard to tell how long that game's going to be. It, ha- it has to be bigger than what you can see. It has and, to be. and hopefully, unlike Bravely Default, it won't just repeat the same thing four times at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that whole ending bit was a bit ridiculous. But, you know, like like I, I said to you before we went on air, like I, that if it's anything like the last Bravely Default games, that they will have some tricks up their sleeve about what that game is. Yeah, and it has a weird system where like 
you find side quests in the world that sometimes can be only completed by one character, one of the characters, and sometimes you can complete them with the different characters in different ways. Because mm. each of the eight characters is going to have their own unique skill that they interact with the world with. So in the demo, you have two. You have the warrior dude whose skill is challenge any NPC to a vow, and you just have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems kind of pointless. But then the other one you get is like the dancer whose ability is to just to like make a random NPC follow her by alluring them. Wow. Which also works on any anyone. <laughs> well, anyone you can do it on, not everyone, obviously. Okay. It's specific. Like you can't challenge everyone for a fight. <laughs> Either. <laughs> Small child come hither. Yes. But then like so having so making one of the NPCs follow you, that's her special combat ability as well. So you can basically, the NPCs that follow you have a, their own combat ability. So you can just put them into combat for a few turns. I need you as a meat shield. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but then you can also use that to solve the missions in the world. Where it's like, if you go and find a specific person who you, who wants to go somewhere, you can be like, oh, I know where that is, so I can lead you here and that will complete your mission or whatever. Yeah, interesting. Or sometimes you just need to beat someone up. <laughs> yeah. Someone who's being a bastard, just punch them a bit. I want to know how far along this is in development as well. Like, Because mm. it doesn't sound, seem like that long ago that it was announced. And they made it sound like it was really early days for the project when that first was, was first shown. <laughs> but equally, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a very difficult project to finish. And maybe not. Just because of how, it, how it's made and stuff like that. But. Yeah, sprites in a not very complicated world. That is my one complaint with how that thing looks, is I wish the enemies had more animation, because they just sort of stand there. Well, yeah, they don't, it's like classic Final Fantasy, they don't animate at all, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like they're like the really old ones where they're just a big sprite. Yeah, yeah. it's just a big sprite. Just looks like a big old sprite. And then occasionally it fires fancy lighting effects at you. Mm. <laughs> That's about as much animation as you're going to get. Yeah, I wish there was a bit more there to it, because, like, you know, they've obviously shown they can do a bit more to it, thanks to Bravely Default and how that looks. Like, the enemies did actually have sort of basic attack animations mm -hmm. and, uh, or, and being hurt animations and yeah I think it's a bit lacking in that department I mean I think that's, that they did it deliberately to be like an old Final Fantasy game just with like now it's got lighting <laughs> sure but you know your characters animate as slightly stuff. yeah and, and I mean yeah even, that, even that's retro but yeah I don't know just just, just a little thing they don't have to be like super. There doesn't have to be like a hundred frames of animation or anything like that. I just want to see a little, a little bit of reaction. I mean, the thing even that... if it's just like a, not even an animation, but like a hop, like <laughs> where the sprite actually moves rather than just firing a light. Maybe it'll be interesting. I mean, the I think I don't know. It might, it might have to be a case of like waiting for reviews or whatever. But like the the first thing that will be an indication will be like what the price of it is. I guess. Mm. Oh, you reckon it'll be a full, like a, a full-on Bravely Default price title, or yeah, I mean, or, a, or a little that thing. may indicate how big it is to some extent. Mm. But I still think it'll have to be. You'll just have to wait until someone plays it and tells you. <laughs> yeah. So go get that demo; it's freely available. Yes, that's the advantage of the Switch, where you will occasionally get actual demos. Yes, yeah. <laughs> surprise. And then finally, I reminded, I remembered one other thing I played at EGX, which was a Switch game. Yeah. Uh, it was called Flat Heroes, a minimalist action game. Okay. Uh, and it was, you play as a square that has like Meat Boy-esque like controls. You sort of roll around on the, except you're sort of a square that rolls, but you can jump and you have a dash, an air dash. Right. And you sort of stick to walls. 
Um, so you're using that you're using that to get around, and it's basically just survive. Like stuff comes at lines come at you, and things come at you, or bits of the world get blocked off and you die. And it's basically up to four people can play it, and as long as one of you survives, you pass the level. <laughs> okay. And uh, so we did that for quite a while. It's actually quite a lot of fun because it get ramps up in difficulty pretty quickly. Um, to get through the stages, and uh, yeah, it was a good time as had. To the point where we didn't realize a queue was forming behind us because we've been playing it for quite a while. <laughs> and, we, and, 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 and yeah, basically, <laughs> and then a dev came out. Jesus, there's a queue behind you guys. It's like really. Oh yeah, so there is. Well, I guess this game's good then. Nindies. <laughs> I guess I Nindies. The last game I played was a situation where I had a craving for a specific kind of game. I, mean, I, I had played quite a significant chunk. The main thing I played the last few weeks, I guess, of Seven Days to Die because I had a craving for. Some kind of survivalism, I guess. Yeah, really? You remember how oh, I played thing. Worm for a long time? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Have you not played The Long Dark? That just came out. I well, That was the other one that I was thinking about, because I remembered that you'd played it and that. Yeah. that. And it's quite well liked. Yeah. For one of those. It's yeah. pretty good. But yeah. So I went into Seven Days to Die, which again is another game that I might want to play with someone, but I, you know, I, the, this one I felt more like more logical about playing single player as well if, yeah, it, if I do play it more I don't know anything about this one is it, is it sort of one of these first person ones or is it a Don't Starvey style one or well it's it... I wouldn't call it well I mean it's first person it's basically it's basically incredibly generic if you just describe it as what it actually is because it's just like a, it's a zombie uh-huh. survival game right okay yeah <laughs> where you just go around and Try and survive with, in a zombie apocalypse. With hunger and health. Yeah, and... with hunger and health and yeah, that kind of right, stuff. Yeah. It seems very generic, but I mean, at least it's... Re- I mean, it's still in early access and everything, but it seems reasonably well made. It's obviously, like, just from the look of it, you're like, oh, this is a, this is a sort of a B-tier kind of looking thing, where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, these animations are kind of a bit naff, and <laughs> the actual quality of the models in the game isn't great or whatever, but, you know, it's still functional. But, yeah, the, the main trick about it is that, like, Firstly, it's got a like building system, like a block based. The world is not block based, but the building blocks the building are block based. Is, right, yeah. I guess the world kind of is block based because if you start digging into the train, it takes out a specific chunk, and then that's exactly where a block will fit. So you can yeah, dig okay. out an exactly square hole or whatever. Right, right. But so yeah, it has that. But it doesn't look it unless you start manipulating it. Yeah, that okay. the world normally looks more smooth. Mm. It's well, I say it's randomly generated. It's also a handcrafted map, but I don't know how... Hand- I haven't played that one, so I don't know how handcrafted. Right. Whether it's randomly generated, but a hand... you know, But that- then tuned. Yeah, yeah, in that way or not. But yeah, randomly generated map if you want it, which is what I went for, because that makes more sense to me. For, for a survival, survival game, game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Long Dark has its... like It's a, it's a predefined map, I yeah. think, for that. But yeah. but yeah, so you have this block-based building system... The block-based building system also actually has physics attached to it, so like you can't build any like a too much of an overhang before it will collapse. Right. Which is also partially like for the zombie attacking mechanisms, where it's just like you oh, can actually have things get destroyed by not necessarily being destroyed entirely by having like an important part taken out or whatever. Yeah, I get you. So yeah, and then you you know you go around and you scavenge stuff for food and health and guns and. You just go around scavenging as you do. 
and then you build a base with the block building system to survive the zombies. But the main trick of the game is in the name, Seven Days to Die, where basically through the first seven days, you, the zombies aren't really much of a threat. Basically, they're slow-ass wobbly zombies during the day and they become fast at night, but they don't really care about you that much if you just stay out of the way, which is why mm. you you know, you just hole up in a house or whatever during the night, and that's fine. But then on the seventh day, during the night of the seventh day, all the zombies just know where you are and they come for you. Mm-hmm. So that's when you you have to spend the week beforehand like preparing basically for mm. the horde on the seventh day. And then you survive and then every seven days that repeats. It gets again. progressively harder. Right, yeah. So yeah, it's a fairly competent one of those games. Is there enough to it to keep you hooked for long? Uh, I'd say probably for quite a while. Mm. And it's also not like a fast game, I guess. Mm. Like even on, I think, I think the default setting is for like each day to be a two hour period. Right. So you have like more or less... Oh, right. Like so that is quite a while. An hour and a half yeah. of daylight and then the half hour of night or whatever. Yeah. More or less. So it's not exactly a fast game, but that gives you enough time to go around and do things, do scavenging, mm. be stealthy if you want to. Mm. You don't necessarily have to with how dumb the zombies are during the day. Particularly when you're just running through the world. You, you just ignore them, you just run past and they mm. can't catch you. Unless uh, it's a zombie dog, in which case you might actually have to fight it. Right. Zombies. It's it's weird because the wildlife in that game is way more dangerous than the zombies, and not just the zombie wildlife, just like regular ass wildlife. Hmm. It will completely kill you way faster than an actual zombie will. Hmm. Like, don't fight a wild boar unless you're actually prepared to like kill it in one shot, because otherwise it might fuck you up real quick. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's actually quite a recent change in one of the more recent patches. Like, they redid the wildlife and maybe accidentally made it too strong. Right. So that may or may not get fixed in the future. We'll see. But yeah, content-wise, there's a decent amount for the, for whatever stage of early access this is in. I mean, they're still working on it, I guess. Mm. So yeah. Craving satisfied. Well, maybe. Craving mid-satisfaction. Yeah, I would probably continue playing it a bit more. I'm at the point where it's not... I'm not having to struggle to survive in terms of, like, food or... Or guns, <laughs> I guess. Not, I like theoretically. I don't really have to go out and scavenge any longer. I'm more or less self-sufficient unless I run out of certain materials, like mechanical parts or whatever that you have to strip out of cars. Mm. But then the, the, the point that I am at with like the defending against the zombie hordes, I'm basically trying to exploit the AI. I'm at the point where I'm like, I could just keep adding more and more layers of spikes around my base. That would theoretically work. Right, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, the zombies wear down the spikes by just piling on them. <laughs> so eventually you have to start shooting them. But I could just keep adding more and more spikes to cut down more trees and add more spikes. Yeah. But I'm like. But surely you'll run out of trees eventually. Well, you replant trees. Okay. And they grow pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> but course. I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, I want, I'm trying to work out what the AI is doing to be like, how can I better funnel these zombies into traps? Like, do more smart traps. Mm. And it hasn't quite worked yet. Because I had, I like, first of all, I built a moat. And I was like, yeah, I can build a moat and just have one door. I can have my, fr- I can have my main door and have a drawbridge. And that's just where I'll walk in and out during the day because that'll be easy. But then I'll raise the drawbridge, have a moat, and have a back door that's in the moat. And that will lure all the zombies to it, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work like that because the AI, instead of trying to 
go to the door, sometimes the zombies will just try and tunnel through the walls into my basement. <laughs> oh, right. And I'm like, oh, that's not exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like... <laughs> that's have to be clever in its own way. <laughs> then I was like, well, that, does that mean I have to abandon the moat entirely? Do I have to fill this moat in to prevent the zombies tunneling into my basement? Or just build the moat deeper. Well, then I had the alternate idea of maybe I'll build a bridge over the moat that's an alternative route to my drawbridge and just have that bridge covered in traps. So, like, it'll be a much more constricted path, so it will still be... But it will be a path. Like, the pathfinding should recognise it as a route to my front door. Mm. But that didn't seem to work, because at that time, when I built that, the zombie... Not a single zombie ran onto this bridge that was full of traps. They all kept piling into the moat. But for some reason... They then were pathfinding to the door better, like they weren't trying to tunnel through the wall any longer. And I was oh, like, okay. okay, so that did change something, but not exactly in the way that I thought it would. Hmm. So I think my next experiment will just be to like wall off the door in the moat and see if just having the bridge full of traps will, will work by itself. So does the game let you, are you able to load saves to do this? like mm. relatively fast? Like, so you only have to play the last day? No, the I, I, I'm, I'm have... just progressing. Right. Like, uh, this has been, like, the last two hordes of this Oh, I see. Right, okay. <laughs> so, wow, you see these are, like, 10-hour sessions between each attempt. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Wow. But, you know, it's not too bad. You're just finding stuff, collecting things. The moat was the big project, where I spent pretty much that whole seven days only digging the moat and reinforcing it and putting all the spikes in. Didn't go out scavenging at all. Which, you know... Sometimes I feel like I'm getting behind the curve somewhat on, like, weaponry. Right, I see. Like, if I was getting out scavenging, I might be finding more better guns and levelling up my skills of crafting mm. rather than just digging holes. Yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> There's a balance to be met. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reasonably decent game, but mm. probably would be better in multiplayer. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Uh, yeah, provided the physics play, play good. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that, and this, yeah. that's the end of the podcast because Jesus Christ. Yep, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I honestly had no idea I'd gone on and gone on for that long. It's my fault. No, I know there was probably. a lot. To, I know there was a lot to cover, but I uh, I probably should have done it slightly more concisely. Cool. I won a game. You won a game. I won a game. Random. I didn't win it through skill or anything like that. <laughs> okay. But the Xbox had a little give. Had a random giveaway section where it's like, here, pick a box, and uh, it might have something in it. So you pick a random box out of the pile, and I got one that had a little like, shake it, and it's like, oh, it's got a little card in it, what's it got? And they open it up, and it says, you've won a game, and they go into the back room and hand you a bag, and it's like, okay, right, great, move it on. <laughs> so and I then open the bag, and, and lo and behold, inside I find a disc copy of Recall. Oh, okay, then. So in fairness, in fairness that, that disc copy should entitle me to the definitive edition <laughs> Yes, <Yeah>, hopefully. So <laughs> I, will, I will be playing Recall in its true form, not in its... Half-assed, finished, but not finished form. <laughs> so, I guess we'll get to see what that's like yep, <laughs> eventually. I guess so. So yeah, the most, most, uh, the most swag I've got out of an eject. <laughs> Sweet, nice one. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, cool. Yeah, Kipper, Kipper's got twelve months of uh, EA access, which is less good. Yeah. <laughs> Barely a prize. <laughs> he was like, okay, I'm a bit like, okay, it's not actually that terrible. I guess we could play new FIFA. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> yeah, in a sort of comedy way. We can see if McGoldrick can get a goal. Or even if McGoldrick's still about, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
podcast. Podcast. So, yeah, join us next time for the near automata playthrough number three yeah, or four I'll, I'll, or wherever I'll tell you, you are. <laughs> We're getting to the point where it's like, I wonder if we have to start talking like talking about this in a spoilery kind of way, because there's just so much going on. Oh, no, it's been quite... You're like behind the curve, I guess. Right? I'm, I'm very behind the curve, yeah. Like, so like near was like March, I think, when it came out, but yeah, in right. terms of like time. But we might like, be cool. that game is the story. Yeah, so well, it's, yeah. Or we might be not be cool. Hmm. We shall decide. Yeah. Maybe uh, we end, end with my near talk next week and we can make a decision. So. <laughs> Check out our YouTube channel. We've got videos. Check out Happy Salad for the link to the Twitch stream for uh, Zach's victorious um, final of the Rocket League tournament, Giant Bomb. And uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks for another salad cast. Yeah, I expect Divide by Sheep will be the next video that goes up. Oh, yeah. I've almost forgot about that. Yeah, it's been so long ago since we recorded <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. Right, catch you next time, listeners. Goodbye! Bye!